You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. The Detroit is Different Podcast is about exposing artistry, business, ideas, and dynamic people, places, and things that make Detroit a mecca. Tune in weekly and subscribe to get the true stories from the people shaping the culture of an American classic city. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Drop your standing over you yelling. Back 
beginning like we left something. Trust and believe, it's no front. What up, though? We came to get paid, get chips, get dope, and dancing. What up, though? Back in it like we left something. Trust and believe, it's no front. What up, though? We came to get paid, get chips, get dope, and dancing. What up, though? Peace, everybody. You are listening to the Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is Different. And we are in the studio with the legendary DJ Head and our token millennial, Brittany. What's up, Brittany? I'm so happy. I am sitting next to a whole excerpt of a hip hop encyclopedia. I just have to say that. It just feels so cool. I'm a wiki. Yes. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I am a wiki. Like, oh my gosh. No, and Cycle was, what, probably about the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah. And then when the millennial kicked in, then we went from E to W. Right. <laughs> okay. We wiki in now. Right. right. Everybody's You're wiki. in the wiki. Yeah, so um, I'll just get right into it, because um, DJ Head is a busy man. He's got to produce a bunch of stuff and be in like nine million places at the same time. Ain't that the truth. Mm. Yeah, so, all right, I'm going to start with a quick story. She got so, stories. I got so many stories. She be hanging with peoples and shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's what's crazy about about the stories that Piper got is that the universe is an interesting place mm. because you where you're supposed to be at all times, whether you want to be there or not. This is true. You know what I'm saying? This so is true. Very. We, we here right now. So Piper, yeah. lay lay one on them. Okay. So, what year was this? Was this like 2012? Around there, remember my years, something like that. But uh, it was the it was the year that uh, Eminem came here to uh, Comerica Park. Did he came with Jay Z? Or was it? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, it was Comerica Park. I I think he came with Jay Z. And um, so Head was like, uh, "Yo, pipe, you want to go to uh, see Eminem?" And I was like, "Eh." "He was like." Man, nigga, <laughs> you know you want to go he put see you together. Eminem. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do she actually. Had the I do actually. And then we had bought a set of tickets, and we all went. So like a whole crew of us was rolling down there, man. Yeah. How many people y'all think it was? I don't know. It was a bunch of people. It was a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice. It was crewed up. Fifteen, maybe. Yeah. Oh, Some about fine. fifteen it was people. Like nutty. Yeah. And so uh, head was like, yeah, pipe. Uh, you want to meet him? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And uh, we, <laughs> but it was it was interesting because pe- well, most of the people we were with was real pressed to to, to meet him. Mm. Like I told him, like press, I told him, yeah. like press, like like press, press, press. Putting that heat on. But you know what's crazy about it? Like you don't even think of it in that nature because right. it's like whatever, whatever. Because you know that person before the public knows right. that person. You know mm, what right. I'm saying? So it's a different type of dynamic. So and then like, for right. me, I was like, I was thinking like, okay, I but already you know. The bound superstars. Well, well, my thing was like, I was, I was thinking like, you know what? It's a, it's a, because if you guys ever been backstage and trying to see an artist immediately before they're gonna perform, that's the most pressure time yep. when they uh, actually don't want to see anybody. Got you. Yep. So, Especially M through his lyrics. Well, just most, most, yeah. most artists, just right? In general, they, they don't want to. They don't. They need to get in that zone. Yep. They don't want to talk to nobody. They don't want to see nobody. Like just. So I was just thinking, like, probably these artists are probably going to be in that. So that's where I'm coming from. Got you. So when everybody else was, like, pressing um, on Head, I said, you know what, Head? If he's with it, cool. If he's not cool, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand how it go. 
You right. know what I'm saying? And so he was like, nah, don't worry about it. We, 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 you know, we, we in here. I said, okay. So I was just kind of rolling with it. I was like, I was totally like, whatever, <laughs> however, whatever. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it was interesting because like Head, wherever he went, Everybody was opening up, like, parting, like, the Red Sea. <laughs> <gasps> right? And I was like, wow, this is interesting. Because, like, when I go places, immediately security is like, Negroes the to hell? the back. <laughs> they be like, hell no. Yeah. So head, when Head came, you know, it, it was just interesting. So, and as you know... If you've ever seen any of these like movies, it's like the movie, right? So mm. it's like, you know, when you go down into the tunnel, because that's yep. like where they play baseball. So it's mm. that like was it Ford Field or No, it was Comerica. Comerica Park. Yeah, yeah. it was Comerica. Because he did he did do two. I think he did Ford Field and Comerica, but they came later. Yeah. For mm-hmm. another time. I think yep. last 2016. Yep. But this was the this was the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, those baseball tunnels. So it was like security was everywhere. Right? Yeah, it's like Houdini's freak come out at night video <laughs> with Jermaine Dupree little ass in the back pop locking. You know what I'm saying? But then the tour buses be all That's over the hilarious. place. It was, it was, it was energy, like Surreal energy, kinda. like energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then it was like, but I'm telling you, like, it was just like going through those baseball tunnels mm-hmm. and security, and it was like everywhere you went, it was like security, security, security. So then M, so that I mean not M, but um, Head was like, don't worry about the pipe. So I was getting ready to turn around and go back. He's like, nah, come on, come on. So we going through, through, through. And and the more levels you go through, mm-hmm. it's like Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, <laughs> it's like more security is coming out the woodworks, right? She said this shit is a video game. It was. <laughs> I mean, it was like levels to the security. You know what I'm saying? As we get close, as you get closer to the star. Gotcha. That makes sense. So uh, what was interesting is um, that this one point, I just saw like all this security and all this massive people just like rush. And my 80s instinct kicked in. I thought it was a fight, so I was about to go the other way. <laughs> but but it was that uh Dr. Dre had come. So it was like oh, yeah, everybody right. had yeah. rushed up on Dr. Dre. So uh hmm. I was trying to figure out what was going on so I could like hurry up and get out of there. And then Dad was like, no, nah, it's cool, pipe. Come on, let's say what's up to Dre. What's up, Dre? I said, okay, sure. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, imagine like Dre stops, he sees head, and it's like that moment in a, in a movie was like, oh, and like <laughs> everything just like opens up, right? And immediately, Dr. Dre, like, it's like he turned to a little kid. He starts laughing and smiling. Oh my God, DJ Head! And he was like, ran towards Head and grabbed him and hugged him. He smiled so hard. He's like, Do y'all know who this is? Do y'all know who this is? And um, Head was so humble, like, Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Now, so tell yeah. us about. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> tell us about Dr. Dre. Like, that, just tell us about Dr. Dre. Like your whole experience, how you know him, like that whole thing. Well, know him pretty much via the M situation. And uh, I mean, I've worked on a lot of records, you know, dealing with M. And Dre would like mix a lot of the stuff we'd be making and stuff like that. So mm. that's how I got to know Dre. And, you know, you get what's crazy about it is you get to study, you know, somebody that's mm-hmm. above you because that's how you get better anyway. You right. know what I'm saying? So, like, if you think that person is sweet, then you take that in and that right. builds your character. And then you can like take what he got and then take, take it to your level. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And that's one of those experiences that you can't, you know, you can't knock it yeah. by no means. And I mean, I know like a lot of the Dre tricks, like people be thinking about, you know, right. cause that's some dope shit. I know what Dre be doing. 
Right. Like, and I'm using what's funny is like we'll talk about it later, but yeah. um, I'm using those techniques that I watched him and learned from him to this mm. day. Okay. Like okay. I'm do- dealing with that on a project right now. Okay. Okay. And then you you had yeah, a couple of questions funny. about so, Dre, right? Yeah. Because my thing is is that I'm a, I might be a little long winded, but this is just it's not every day you get to sit and have these like amazing conversations about production, especially. But right. Anyway. So Dre in the NWA movie, they, they, I think from what I remember it, they started off by kind of giving you his inspiration of how he created his sound. Right. Pharrell has a sound. Timberland has a sound. You have a sound. Right. Everyone has that, that sound. Right, right. So my biggest question for you is, is how did you craft your sound? And the reason why I ask you is, is because in 89, you graduated from Shrine. Uh, yep. So in 89, you got Bobby Brown with the hit. Janet with the hits. The New Jack Swing sound came right. out. Biz Marquee, Just right. a Friend, Me, Myself, and I, that's, De La Soul. You had all these different cha-cha-cha by yeah. MC Light. You had um, Smooth Operator, not to mention Fight the Power. All them different sounds. Right. And I know you You went to college. You did a lot, you right. had a lot right. of different... How did that sound, with all, with where you were, how did you craft it to be your sound? You want to know what's crazy? So, this is how Detroit niggas are Detroit as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) My sound does not craft off of any of those people you really named, except for, now people don't realize that N.W.A. did do jit shit. Right. No shit. Mm, And a lot of people don't know that. World class wrecking crew. Well, no, think about Panic Zone. Uh, yeah. This something to dance to, those, right? Right, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. people don't even realize Run DMC had a jit track mm, called Up Tempo, right? Right. You know, and like in Detroit, those records got played. So my inspiration, as far as music, and it's probably the like even with Dilla and stuff like that. A lot of our inspiration, especially for me, comes from the Wizard. Uh, and Mojo. Right, right. Well, the Wizard, who? Because people may not know the Wizard. Jeff Mills. Right. But the wizard, if you, it, like, think about this. You know how you, uh, like, people like to go, like, hey, I got to go watch my love in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Now, back then, hey, it's 9 o'clock. Take your ass in the house. I'm about to put that cassette in the cassette deck and record the wizard at 9 p.m. on the radio. Mm, right. So, and <laughs> you would get, like, the mashup of you name it, and it just be hot shit. So he would go probably between him and Mojo, you're getting everything from the B-52s to Run DMC to Prince to mm, Funkadelic to Kraftwerk. So he just... Yeah, and like you you, you get, you get, might get Eric B and Rakim paid in full, right. uh, but that All mashup, yeah, you, it's not like rap specific, specific or it's not R&B specific. It's not techno specific. It's just a mashup and shit just worked because that shit was like a mass. Mm, right. You know, like... I, I mean, like, faithfully, you go in at 9 o'clock and yeah. record this shit, you yeah. know, because it's some hot shit. Mm-hmm. Like, when you, and he's cutting this shit and mixing it. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah. you know, Picking it off flow. Yeah, and it's all, mm-hmm. like, one big sermon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's kind of, like, that's kind of my disgruntle with a lot of things today. It's like nothing's like it's an experience. Sound, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I ain't gonna, I'm done, but I love Dre. Dre got a nice sound, but, dude, the bass line on Renegade, bro. Like you, okay. <laughs> like, like, do you not understand? I mean, you know, I know you understand, but like, are you? That's just a walking life. Kidding me? The universe. Just, well, tell us about Renegade. Um, that just was like me staying up late, um, looking at BT on jazz, and that's pretty much that jumps off at. Just like 
regular life. Mm-hmm. You know? How to make it to the to the to the to the project? How to make mm. it onto to be green lighted? Yes. Like I, I didn't <clears> even <throat> know it was green lighted. I had found out about that song. I was on tour with B12 in Europe. Okay. And that's when I found out it came out. Because I didn't know nothing about it, actually. <laughs> DJ. Emmer, Emmer J, when you heard it, like, I know when you heard the whole piece come together. Wait, how did you feel when you heard it, them on it? Like, what were your first thoughts like? Nothing. Just another record. Keep it moving. Wow. Did you know it was going to blow up like that? No. I don't never think of nothing that blows up or if it fails. You just make it. Just you just make it. Because you're just living. You know what I'm I saying? Wow. Like, I, I, man, it's like, you're only as good as the last project, record, or whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you don't get wrapped up in that. You just keep doing what That's you do. That's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Great idea. It keeps you off drugs. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah. It, I mean, it keeps you level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. that's the big thing with me, like you know, everyday life. That's that's how you create longevity. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mm-hmm. can see that that your character is how probably keeps studio sessions grounded. Because I was asking Piper, like I know now it's real popular for rappers to be like, okay, send me this, right. send me that. But I could imagine you having more studio sessions. Am I? I like to. You know what's crazy about a lot of the artists that I've I've worked with in the past and presently? It's like. And we'll get to the one I'm working on like later, but uh, you just build with them in an interesting kind of way. It's like you know them personally prior to what the public mm. gets to see. So okay. I've, you know, you built, you know, you know how this person operates. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know what what makes them move and what fix and what can make the picture overall. Mm. Right. And you know, because when when you like making records, <clears throat> the biggest thing you got to do is you got to make pictures. Right. You know, like, even when I'm DJing, the same thing. Like, okay, I can predict what a crowd is going to look like, you know, based off, like, like I was at this bar down on Livernoise in uh, 96, the Jeffries, down in that area, varsity bar or whatever. I'm in there DJing, like, I didn't know what to expect. My first time in this bar in the hood and everything else spinning and shit, man. <laughs> Motherfuckers in there grooving on some fucking <laughs> Hustle and stepping <laughs> shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay. I was thinking a little different. I was close, but mm-hmm. no. So you get up in there, you know, you got to drop that Jaheem on them. You know what okay. I'm saying? Okay. I see what I've you're changed saying. some Anthony Hamilton, you know, because them chicks want to get their groove on. You I know what I'm you, saying? So you fit in their picture, in yeah. their head, and yeah. their whole energy and their vibe. Mm-hmm. And, and I- it's the same thing when it comes to making records. I'll tell okay. you, I'll leave it at that with back to full circle it, back to Dre, back to any of the producers that I name and including yourself. I think that's what, you know, you mentioned it also in an interview that about the five. Anyway, you mentioned a lot of great things and when you, when you speak to people, but I think that's what makes a producer such a great producer is that they feel the artist yeah. more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, and like, you know, these people before they blow up, which is even better. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, because, so yeah, I actually have a relationship. Yeah, you, you've already built mm-hmm. it. So you like kind of know what's like, if it's big, it's big. If it ain't, it ain't. But I mean, as long as everything is, you know, on the level paying feel and feeling good. Well, I just want to ask you one quick question, just hmm. so people know. Hmm. What are, how many records do you have with Dre, Dr. Dre? Uh, do you know? No. But more than two. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what are, what are some of the ones that, that that folks would know? Like without me, that's not with Dre. But I mean, I think Dre mixed that. Like a lot of them is just mixing, like some of the D twelve stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
What are the What are the album projects that you're on that would involve Jay? Uh, first three Eminem albums, the first D12 album. Uh, uh, Chronic too. Ma- no, I'm not on Chronic. No, no. Funkmaster Flex. I work with him. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, who else? It's a lot, right? Exhibit, right? You worked on Yeah, I forgot about X. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about the X. Sorry, tons of stuff with Exhibit, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's Uh, the one I heard M snapping. Like, what you was talking about, how you imagine an artist to be and you want to give them that solitude before, I think, one of the songs that you produced, Eminem was going in, like, dog, I be having to have all the security outside. (laughs) Like, like, he was going in. I I, I was listening to that. That song was so fire. Well, tell us about your relationship with Eminem. And like where that started, how that started, and, okay. and and the music too, the music relationship. Uh, damn, that's a lot to think about, Piper. Okay, but you can keep it basic. Uh, let me think here. So, well, here's a crazy situation. So, like my whole, I guess my the universe, like I said, sends you in places you need to be, whether you know it or not. So back in the '70s, speaking my age, but uh, that's when I met Proof. Wow. I met him in the principal's office at grade <laughs> school. <laughs> now, the crazy thing about that was, like, at the school, they would make these big snow hills mm-hmm. in the winter, you know, pushing to clean the parking lot out, and the kids would play on them. Mm-hmm. And you would get in trouble for playing on those mounds. So oh, okay. what happened was, so the nun come out, he's like, you in the office. Oh, wow. I'm like, for what? Uh-oh. She's just like, office. I was like, all right. So I wasn't playing on them damn snow mounds. (laughs) I know that much. Teacher. (laughs) Exactly. Shout out to you. I know that much. But so I'm sitting in this principal's office, like waiting and, you know, probably get my ass tore up and screamed at and some other shit, you know. But uh, what happened was coming out, the principal's office was proof. He sat next to me. Okay. And we started talking. Okay. This is in the seventies. Wow. So that's where the whole. So then that's when it starts. So then, how does that lead to? So yeah. What happens is we fast forward a little bit to me going to uh, Michigan State. Um, There was this cat named Riel. He was that was his rap name, but this was uh, Proof's boy in high school. Okay. So one uh, spring break, I was home. I had all my shit home: records, drum machine, turntables. You know, I'm bringing that shit back faithfully, and you know, it ain't no laptop thing like back then. It's a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. So he bring, he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna bring my boy by the house, man." I'm like, whatever. So he bring him by by the house. He come in the basement, and uh, he's like, "So, uh, yo," I'm like, he's like, "Jayzu," I was like, "Sister Steph." <laughs> that's when me and Proof reconnected. That is hilarious. Like, so y'all what are the together. odds? What are the fucking odds, that's man? Hilarious. That that comes full circle. Right, right. So, right. like I said, the universe puts you in some weird places. Mm-hmm. So from there, you know, I'm like messing with you know Proof and all of this other stuff and the Five Ellis stuff and all of that. And I'm at the shop working, and he's like, "Yo, I got this white boy." Da, 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 da. I'm like, whatever. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right. So I you guess talking about the hip hop shop. Yeah, the hip hop shop. And so like, I, I don't think he showed up the first time, but then he finally showed up. Right. And that's when I met him. 
At the legendary hip hop shop. At the hip hop shop. On Seven Mile. On Seven Mile and Greenfield. Shout out to Maurice like, Malone. He was seemed like he was chill. Like, was he shy? Like, he was like most of the cats in there, you know, ready mm. to get on that mic and go go battle. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's what's up. He came up there, and I think I think it took proof a minute for it to like get him to you know come on down, dog. Just some shit oh, okay. you want to fuck with. You mm-hmm, know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he finally came and he and he was like, yeah, every okay. like everybody that stepped foot in that shop was there, like, yeah, this is this is the shit. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it was like an organic stomping ground. Got it. You talk about the universe a lot. Like I know for both of y'all, when y'all look back, and we talked about it downstairs that you guys are like hip hop, like y'all age group. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Peak We're the peak. We're the same age as hip hop. Man, so. it's yeah. unreal. <laughs> so when y'all look back and y'all just think about y'all experiences through hip hop, I mean. I think that's what shines light that the universe is just so powerful. Like, yeah. And that, like you go back and you think about those moments and you just, then you flip back to now. It's just like, yeah. oh my God. Like, what are the odds? What are the odds? Like, so then, okay, speaking of the odds, how did you end up actually working, working with him and like mm. that whole process? Okay, so back then, you know, we used to. We're talking what, 93? No, about 90, mid 90s, like 95. Okay. Mid 90s. Because I know Maurice had had in between maybe like nine Maurice and Jerome between ninety and maybe ninety four somewhere in there he had the Rhythm Kitchen yeah going on right while I was in mm-hmm. college so we would come back for spring break and all of us that was our hangout the Rhythm Kitchen yep. so that's how we got connected in that scene okay. we started, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of shit popping off there you know yeah and then he did the shop and then I ended up at the shop because Proof had called me because. A friend of mine that was supposed to actually be DJing, uh, and actually he used to spend at the Rhythm Kitchen, but he ended up uh, not showing up. And Proof called me. He's like, "Hey man, come on down here and you know fill in and shit." And I ended up filling in forever. Mm-hmm. You know wow. what I'm saying? Just out of like the universe put me in that place. You know, wow. and I, I I think I wasn't working. Did I lose? Nah. He just hit me up and was like, come on up. Because I thought I had another job, but that's after the shop. I ended up <laughs> at the record store when the shop closed. Okay. So then how did uh, it end up that you ended up, you know, being his DJ and working with him and Who, making music? Him? Yeah. Just. Vibing. Vibing out. Like, you know, you like you gravitate to where you need to be. So like, the like. First studio session, like M, come up to First my studio, studio or, session. Okay. Dang DJ head. I heard your okay, this this is how this goes. So the first studio session, proof again. So um proof called me. I'm like working three jobs at the fucking time. And he called me, he's like, hey man, I need your drum machine, man. You should come up here to the studio, man. I'm trying to get this shit knocked out. Da, 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 da. I'm like, man, I'm fucking exhausted, dude. I like working like 10 hours a day. Type of shit, you know? Plus DJing. Right. And I mean, like, exhausted as hell. So I come down, I'm, uh, so I go up to the studio eventually because I had to go pick up the damn drum machine because Proof was sitting there working on Eminem's Infinite. Okay. And the, what was crazy, I didn't even know the studio was right, like, two blocks from the house. Oh, that worked out then. Yeah, but I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, damn. So I keep, it's like you kind of, you know how you keep running into the same shit until like you're supposed to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's pretty much what happened. So I'm up there at the studio like, okay. And I'm like, and then uh, we pass and we making beat tapes. We pass beat tapes out. 
because that was the thing back then. A lot of people don't know what a tape is. Is that where you just <laughs> like <laughs> we pass it? Is that where you like uh like had, like for instance like on Fade to Black like Jay came in the studio and I mean yeah and Pharrell Timberland Just Blaze they were playing them all the beats and then Jay was like yeah let me yeah uh, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah yeah like yeah that. that's how it works you know you like I'm I'm giving tapes to like M and uh. Mm-hmm. Like fat cat and people just in the in the you know in the shop and stuff. So you're just trying to get out there and just like make shit happen. Shouts out to fat cat, no doubt. <clears throat> so then, uh, so now you're doing this beat tape thing, right? And then so we got Paul Rosenberg is in the mix. We got yep. uh, but he's Paul Bunyan at this time. Yeah, Paul, Paul Bunyan. Yep. Because I was actually the DJ for Paul's group Rhythm Cartel. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, that was back in Is college. Is Paul Rosenberg from here? Yeah. yeah. I didn't have... Hip-hop the? shop. We yeah. was roommates in college. I did not know this Wow. Shit. Okay. <laughs> so, so then, uh, so, you, so you're passing on these beat tapes. tapes right. And everybody's everybody's loving uh, Paul Bunyan. He's like a big rapper at this time. Yeah, I mean, he had... He, was he had a little rhythm, name, right? Yeah, because he, he had the Rhythm Cartel thing, and that started up. Matter of fact, if I can find an old Rhythm Kitchen flyer, they are on the flyer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was DJing for that group. And the Rhythm Kitchen was like the predecessor to, to like the, the shelter and the, the shop. shop. Yep. Yeah, okay. So then, um, okay, so how does it go from uh, like, you know, because that's that, that's that period that all these new artists want to know, right? Right. Because like Eminem is considered like one of the biggest MCs like right. ever, artists, hip-hop artists ever, right? Right. So how does it go from this little white boy is coming on Seven Mile in an 85% black city. Right. Straight up in the hood. Right. <laughs> to, to, and, you know, stealing the mic and, and, right. and rhyming and all that. And then how does then he end up becoming, like, one of the biggest MCs ever and you being his DJ and, and working on those records? So, one of the tapes he was listening to, and we were going, like, Paul had moved out to New York, um, and we were going back and forth to New York a lot. Sometimes it'd be me, M. Bazaar, or then sometimes it'd be Shout me. Shout out Bazaar. <laughs> me, uh, Proof, and Bazaar. But we, bottom line, we're going back and forth. Everybody was doing this fucking run. T the Pimp, uh, who else? Epod. Like, there's a ton of us just doing this rotation drive. It was out like to a hip hop chitlin circuit. Yeah, it was crazy. But I mean, everybody <laughs> going out to New York back then trying mm-hmm. to like, Make some Get shit on. pop. That's right. hilarious. Doc Seuss. I mean, you name it, Cats was in rotation. Okay. So um, we going back and forth out there trying to, you know, get a deal. And like on one of them trips, we in the car and I pop my beat tape in and just, you know, some shits for that 10 hour, 11 hour drive. And was like, got something for that. I'm mm. like, real? All right. I ignored it, kind of like whatever. But then he was like, "No, seriously, I got something for that." Okay. And that ended up being uh, just the two of us. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, and that kind of jumps it all the way off right there. You know, and that was the first. I think the first thing I recorded with him. Wow. Now, how many records did you do on the first album? What the first album or the EP? The first, the first album, the one, the one that that the classic, like everyone, the Dre like, one. No, no, no. The you know, my name is that. Yeah, that's the Dre. That's okay. the first. That's the first. Uh, I did. Pick it. Think two or three. Two or three. <laughs> yeah. And so then you became his DJ. How did that happen? Were they just like, just, well, just come on the road yeah, with us? Pretty much. Okay. That's so dope. So I mean, I just I'm just letting the universe dictate it. And I was working three jobs still. 
Wow. You know what I'm Detroit saying? Detroit hustle harder. Right? <laughs> I mean, I was I was working like I was working at the city, DJing and working at a record store. Wow. And I would sleep like burn on Sunday. Right. Like <laughs> for a good 15, 16 hours of sleep. And then get back up at like 5 a.m. on Monday morning and do it all again. So then <laughs> so then now let's fast forward to like that first video comes out mm-hmm. and it just blows. Right. It was like immediate like it's success. Unreal. Huge. Right. You know, kind of unprecedented, I believe, at the time. Um, so then th- your life changes, no? Yeah, I mean, I just man, my life don't change. I do the That's same hilarious. Shit every fucking day. How come all y'all Detroit legends, like y'all just be like, eh, whatever. I've done this with George Clinton. I, 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 I mean, it's <laughs> got to be something in the water around here. Maybe it's because we face south of everybody. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just that, uh, anyway, next thing. Because, you know, nothing's ever guaranteed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you don't never, like, you don't want to blow your head up. And, like, then you, like, I guess, psycholog- psychologically overhyping your own fucking brain. Gotcha. For what? You gotcha. know what I'm saying? I mean... Anybody can slip, you know, take that carpet away at any motherfucking mm. time. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's Facts. like you got to act like it didn't exist to begin with. Wow. And it's interesting because, like, here you are, work with Dr. Dre. We've talked about Eminem. Right. And, like, these are two of the most amazing, they've had like the most amazing success. Like, very high stamps, right, yeah. on, on the rap world, you know? Yeah, and, and, then, and your music. musicality yeah. is imprinted in, like, the universe. Yes. Yeah. Right? These sounds are like, are your imprint. And you know what's interesting too? I know your influence because Detroit has always been that funk, that like George Clinton funk. Yeah. And, and I, didn't, I didn't know y'all back in the day, but like when I was in college at Howard and that chronic came out and then all that other music came out around that time period, I was like, but this sounds like Detroit music. Yeah, but then yeah. you find out I like think a the lot same of the players, thing. a lot of the session players on those records were from the D also. Exactly. So, Quiet as his cap. I mean, Dre kind of keeps a staple of D cats. I've right. really you know what I'm saying. That, okay, right. because even the new age Cali music sounds like the new age street Detroit sound. It, I'll, it I'll tell it to you like this. Here's something I study because this is the DJ brain. I think that Detroit sonically is probably 10, 15 years ahead of the game. Yeah, like, all time. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even to like, I think about the Della sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, and how yeah. it took like, like thick, like Tribe Called Quest was doing Tribe Called Quest, but then when Dilla got in the mix, right? It was like, whoa, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It like yeah. it transforms it, mm-hmm. you know, and moves it to another gear. You know, like damn, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. And it's like because we we were talking like the doom doom, and then you get into the D. It's like the doom doom doom. It's got a it's got a man. You got a flame with. Okay, Straight Earl Flynn. Up. We always I talk about the Earl Flynn Yeah, here. you got you got a Flynn with it, man. <laughs> Straight up, if it don't Flynn, it don't win. Right. Real talk. This is true. And All right, I, so let's talk about winning. Uh, let's talk about... Um, so, Brittany, you had a question about 50 Cent. Okay. Is it true... Because you just mentioned New York. Is mm-hmm. it true that you purchased or somebody gave you oh, a okay. CD of 50 yeah, Cent? Is that yeah. true? No. This, how how this, did 50 Cent get into the how mix? How did 50 Cent get into the mix? Um, so, I'll be in New York... I had to go to New York a lot, and I would, uh, like, there was this mixtape dude had this little booth down in the village in New York. And I, every time I come in town, because I would have to take long plane flights all the time, and back then, you know, we got you carrying, like, bags of CDs and your CD Walkman and shit like that. So I would go to the this dude, and he's like, hey, got some new shit for you. I was like, I ain't seen you in a minute. I'm like, all right, cool. 
So he gives me his, I buy this one tape off of him, and I'm like, this one look interesting. So I grab it, I pop it in. I'm like, damn. I and then this song is uh, 50 Cent, Life on the Line. But they didn't have, like, something was fucked up with the printing or the order. So I'm, like, looking for this song and this dude for, like, who the fuck is this cat? And I'm looking for, like, maybe, like, a good year, maybe? Is that uh, when he got locked up? I don't know what the fuck it was, but then I'm in the middle of, uh, we're on tour in Germany or some shit, and I'm out record shopping because every city I hit, I go hit a record store, a couple of them, and I finally find the damn record. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that's the same nigga that did How to Rob. Right. I didn't even know it. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So I, I'm like, yo, proof. Check this motherfucker out. This dude got a rob nigga. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's like, hell yeah, that's my man. This shit hot too. I'm like, yeah, dude got some shit. And then I ended up playing it for him mm. while we was doing a sound check. And every sound check we would play that Life's on the Line, I think was the wow. name. Yeah. And that's how that got into circulation. Wow. Okay, so let's do this. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, so now, back in the days, John Sally was trying to have a record label. Right. And so, um, shouts out and rest in peace to our brother, Hassan Mosi. Yes. So, in the pantheon of Detroit hip-hop history, um, people do not know that Hassan Mosi, rest in peace, is one of the creators of the Detroit hip hop scene. Yeah. He's the one uh he helped, you know, create that hip hop shop with Maurice, Maurice Malone. Right. The 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 shirts, the design, the whole scene. He's the one that was like out here in these streets. Yep. Uh he br- you know, him and proof, right? And uh rest in peace to both of them. Yeah. And so um I just wanted to bring his spirit into this because if it wasn't for Hassan Mausi and Proof, like pretty much none of this stuff would probably exist in the way that it exists you know what i'm saying or be as successful as it is or as hot as it is or anything so um there was another story that i think hassan had brought but when 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 uh 50 came to detroit or Mm -hmm. something he brought him to john sally Mm. to the record label do you know anything about that okay so i have to ask his dad about that one okay so then we'll talk about um well let's move on to the uh to the hip hop shop. I want to talk about that history a little bit. Right. So uh, I have to say this. So what's interesting is um, I know a lot of people don't like Vlad, but I watch all types of podcasts and I know Vlad is like really popular. Right. So I just watch him a lot of times because he'll have people, um, even though I don't like that he try to like be gossipy, mm-hmm. but um, he'll have people that I'll just be like, oh, who's that? And then mm-hmm. I'll go check out the artist. Right. So he had uh, this guy, um, uh, FM, FMBDZ. Right. I never heard of him, but I guess he's pretty big in the streets. Mm-hmm. And so he asked him at least like 10 questions about Detroit hip hop. He couldn't answer one. Right. I was like, damn, <laughs> he got to represent. Uh, if y'all going to the Vlad, it's like uh, but you, but August I mean, 2018. But Think about this. There's different sets out here. It's different there's sets. Di- and different levels to it. So, I mean, that That's grows- true. With a different situation, you know what I'm saying? No, I feel you. Send like, him love. Yeah. But uh, but 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 that's what encouraged me to want to ask you the questions that I'm asking you because I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, people need to know the Detroit impact on hip hop because yeah. the word in the street is that Detroit never didn't do nothing in hip hop except for Eminem. And so we're here talking about Eminem, but there's a lot of other. Yeah, there's a lot of other. There's stuff. a lot I of mean, other stuff under that. So I wanted you to go into this uh the 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 hip hop um the hip hop shop. So uh, my couple of questions are, what was it 
When was it? And what's its significance? What was it? Yeah. Okay, it was a clothing boutique on Seven Mile in Greenfield. Uh, and I guess Maurice had opened it up as a storefront for his clothing line, Maurice Malone Designs. And he had the DJ thing, like just trying to keep the hip-hop mm-hmm. element going. And he would op- have the open mic on Saturday, and he would have DJ, also DJ on Friday. Shout out to Slim Fast, because Slim Fast used to DJ there on Friday. And I, and I ended up in there on Saturday doing the open mic battles. So that was kind of like the testing ground, or however you want to see it. I mean, it was just an organic situation of where everybody just came. It was free. You didn't have to pay. And for those two hours, cats would sit up there and battle a who's who of who you know now, presently, as, you know, like your fat cats, your Tita Pimps, your uh, Obi Trice, your Slum Village, your Royce, Royce, your 50 Cent. I mean, not 50 Cent, but uh, who else is in the last ones out? Um, Slum. Slum. Uh, who else is in there? Who else? Moo. Moo, yeah. yeah. Shouts out to Moo. Dez, uh, a lot DJ of DJs, Dez. house shoes. I mean, any anybody you can think of is up in this place. You know, like, this is the spot. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. after that, like, late night, you probably go to the shelter or you go to, you know, uh, where else was another spot? Alvin's would be another spot we'd go to. What about 1515? Is that later? 1515. Broadway. Earlier. That's earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. If I recall, trying mm-hmm. to get my years together. <laughs> I didn't fucking laugh. <laughs> but uh, what was the other, what was some of the other questions we well, got? Well, basically, because so I saw the Sway in the Morning right. um, interview he did with Maurice Malone. Right. And I think that was like 2016. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, shouts out to Sway in the Morning. He showed a lot of love to right. Detroit and things like that. But, you know, when... Uh, so we know that the hip hop shop was the place and Sway said this, which I thought was great because in Detroit we knew this, but for someone outside of Detroit to say it, he was like, the hip hop shop was the place that all MCs had to go. He was like, if you can make it in Detroit, you can make it anywhere. And he was saying how the hip hop shop was where people would go to battle proof. And if they could, if an MC could battle proof, then they could get a record deal. Probably. I don't know about the record deal part. Yeah, but I, that's what, but I do know that's a lot what, that's of... That's what he said. That's what Sway said. But I do know a <laughs> lot of uh, national acts. That was actually one of the stops on their promo runs. Right. Was the shop in Detroit because like Big L, rest in peace, was up hey. in there. You know, and he's like, peace. this this nigga proof is crazy. Yeah. This motherfucker live as fuck. Yeah. Fat Joe. I mean... Uh, it sounds like the Ru- Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang, I mean, Wu-Tang right? Yeah, it's yeah. like crazy. All these cats, are, this is actually on their promo Busting Rhymes. Yeah, cats coming in there, you know, like, yeah, okay. This sounds like the Rucker Park of hip-hop. Like, but, yeah, it or it Apollo, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a crazy situation, and it organically happened. Well, That's tell us about, because there's, uh, there's a uh, rumor, and I'm sure it's true, mm-hmm. that proof, but people will be afraid to battle proof, right. or like mm-hmm. people will be signed like to record labels, and then their manager would say battle proof, and then they'd be afraid to like battle him or something like that. Or, or and, I, I, and also, I'll say uh, this. what that cat was a beast, rest in peace. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, off the top, oh my god, I mean, I'm gonna tell you this, like. I've, I've, I mean, I've spun with this cat so many damn times. We've done so many damn shows, and like, 
And what's funny about it is none of this shit is pre-planned, orchestrated, or nothing, right? So, like, we'd be at Ebony Showcase spending, like... We doing, Ebony Showcase is legendary. Yeah, we doing, like, all this shit around town, you know, and just doing, like, rocking, rocking shows and stuff like that and, like, doing, like, shit like that. He used to call me DJ Kid for free. Because we wasn't getting no damn money back then, no goddamn way. <laughs> so we get like $30 and then go to Whitey Cazelles and get some like chicken rings and, <laughs> and some mozzarella sticks with that $30 and throw some gas in the tank. You know wow. what I'm saying? So, but uh, what's crazy is like freestyle wise, he works the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if he, you sitting over there and you ain't you ain't like focused on him, he'll grab you and say some shit about you. Hilarious. Or some comedian type of shit. But That's he draw funny. you in. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that in its own right is a hell of a natural talent. Mm-hmm. You know, like 50 in the room, but like 25 over here, I'm gonna grab them by talking some shit about them and they drawn in. I mean, this is all off the top of your head. You don't know who about to walk through the door. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You don't know what's about to jump off, and this cat could, like, pump, 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 pump. Wow. And just Genius. knock him down. Yeah. I mean, that's some amazing stuff right there. I just had to let it soak in. Like. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he's the one, and it's interesting, because, like, in that same interview, Maurice Malone was like, oh, yeah, at, he, he said that actually he felt that Proof was the one that should have got put out because, uh, you know, at the time, instead of, um, instead of Eminem, you know what I'm saying? Because he felt like he was, like, a better talent. Or something like that. But it was interesting. because He's like, a hella entertainer. Hella entertainer. I mean, hell of a man. Like I said, he can and draw lyricist. you in. And lyricist. Yeah. I mean, think about, I'm like, damn, this my, I, I've seen this cat like go off the top of the head for a good 45 minutes straight. And I'm like, nice. you done? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like going and going. And like I said, if, if, he, if you came in the door just now, he talked some shit about you in the rhyme. Right. That's crazy. You know, and I mean, it's that spontaneous. Right. You know what I'm saying? Y'all released three mixtapes together, right? Yeah. You improve? Yup. Wow. I listened to, I think I listened to three. I listened to the third one. I was the Probably, or it might have been the second one. I don't know. I don't know, but I listened to the one. I ain't got none of them. I know that much. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But yeah, yeah, that was dope. Wow. Shouts out to Proof. R.I.P. We miss you. We we appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you did for Detroit hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's move through. We got Eight Mile. Tell us about that movie. Eight Mile. Because <laughs> everybody has it wrong. People think that the shelter was the hip hop shop. Like when I see interviews, it was like a mashup of just everything, I guess, at the period. Mm-hmm. You okay. Know, just okay. Probably legalities and all that other extra shit. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay, okay, so okay. they blended blended it blended together. a bunch of got stuff you. together. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that same Vlad interview, he asked that kid, "What was Eight Mile?" Yeah. And he didn't know. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, no. The street. Yeah. So Vlad goes, what's so what's eight mile? And the guy's like, you know, like six miles, seven miles. Like He's like, just mile. a bunch people, of People businesses. think eight, so many yeah. people don't understand the concept of how the city is laid out. But they, but they nobody's think eight coming mile. to the D like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. D, yeah. Like, like now you got this like flood of people like, what the fuck is going on there? Right. You right, know, right, and it's right, like, right. we've been sitting in this motherfucker for life. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm saying? So it's like, like we see it like, ooh, they got scooters down the block. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, them. and then you drive by there the next day taking a the kid to school or some shit, and he's like, 
They still there. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know right, right. Well, so you got to put your credit card in them scooters, so. <laughs> or two people, free, two people get that, that, that hat going. <laughs> I mean, they pot trying to put niggas on the grid. So, I mean, shit. <laughs> to be clear. So, yeah, yeah so just, just so folks know, because we have listeners from all over the world. Right. Eight Mile is a street that yes. separates the actual inner, mm-hmm. inner city and to the, the suburbs. Detroit, right. And, and where Eminem is from is the city of Warren, mm-hmm. which was on the other side of Eight Mile on the east side. He wrote between both. Okay. So he, I'll say okay, that. Okay. All right. So East there we side have it. shit, though. There we have it. Yeah. There we have it. Okay. Official. DJ I know why. He was living in some house. What was that? Uh, <laughs> I didn't see him jump around so many houses on the east side. That's hilarious. Oh, shit. Where wow. was... Oh, I forgot the street. But well, I, put it like this. I know where to go. Yeah. Because I know which one. They definitely saw the eight mile. Okay. <laughs> so. I got you. Well, tell us... Um, t- So just so people know real brief... Because we could we could get into this for hours, but just tell us like a synopsis of what was the rhythm kitchen, the shelter the, in the basement of St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. Like what what were those places like to to the scene, to Detroit? Like what's the significance of those places? The significance of those places is that they were, I guess you could say. Organic jump offs, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, I mean. Like, you'll hear Maurice talk about it. I was just doing it just because of some shit, you know, that I seen when I traveled type right. of situation. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. he was out in New York with the fashion thing. He's like, hey, it'd probably be cool to have that in the D. Okay. And, you know, he just did it. You know, he wasn't like, it wasn't like a situation where I'm trying to bank out of this shit. You know, he's just mm-hmm. doing it just because this is a love. Right, right, You know right. what I'm saying? I want to see something like this happen in my city, you know? Right. Right, right, right. And think about it. Back then, we really didn't have nothing of that level mm-hmm. for the most part because you got to think everybody out here jitting and shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're so, I'm so used to, like, seeing niggas jit and, the, you know, the ghetto tech shit and all that other stuff. Okay. And, I mean, don't get it twisted. Like, yes, these hip-hop niggas out here rock, rock a backpack, but the niggas that get out there and fucking jit with some gators on. This is true. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> some cars. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's like a weird dynamic, but, I mean, it's just D to the core. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so these were places that um, housed, like, the, the, the open mic scene? Yeah, open mic scene, Concerts. hip-hop party. Uh, like, Maurice would probably, like, bring in like a Wu-Tang or something like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, you can start connecting with what's going on outside of the D, other mm-hmm. than, you know, being at the, you know, BFW, how are the cabaret? You got know what gotcha, I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha, So, and, So I mean, they would go to the hip-hop shop and do, that'd be like an in-store. Yeah. And then you go to like the shelter and the St. Andrews, that'd be like a concert. Yeah, kind of, yeah. they That would okay. be a typical kind of promo run, something like that, because I right. think that's how we ran in the outcast. Type okay. of shit. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you had all the record street promoters out here and stuff like that doing their thing. Mm-hmm. What about the kitchen guys? Like, talk I, the rhythm kitchen. The yeah. Rhythm kitchen. Like, why a kitchen too? Because the people were cooking a, up, or I don't. You would have to ask me. You'd have to ask okay. me about that. Yeah. All right, but yeah, well, because you guys said that was the predecessor to the yeah. hip-hop? okay. And it was right. It was Stanley's. It was a Chinese restaurant. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Off of, uh, what's that, Baltimore or Milwaukee or whatever, mm-hmm. down there. And, like, there's the Chinese restaurant. And, like, you, like what's funny about it, that there, if I remember correctly, like, you could come in from over there. Yeah, the, the parking door, lot. The parking lot. Mm-hmm. You come in. It's a church now, probably defunct church. But you come in, and then you make, uh, 
there's like a carryout stand, probably kitchens behind the carryout, but then there's like the dining area, and I think yeah. it even had like a stage back there. Yeah. And that's actually the first time I seen fucking proof busting rhymes and shit, you know, and I seen Cat that night too. Wow. Like that was my first time in there, and it was like kind of crazy, and then I was rolling <laughs> with a dude named Shades. Mm-hmm. You know Shades. Shades Graf. is a really, really, yeah, really legendary, was, famous graffiti artist. Yeah, now. I used to roll okay. with Shades hardcore okay. back then. Uh-huh. And Shades, we go to the party store, and Shades was like, come with the, we go, because go, I was hanging with this other graph dude named Roach, which is my homie and shit. So we, we out there, man. Shades, go get that big-ass trunk full of fucking 40s and shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he come up and... He was even buying 64 ounces. Wow. You know, that's because don't don't cats, like, do the 64 ounces of syrup or lean or some shit now. He's, like, carrying that shit in gasoline cans. It's some crazy shit. But, like, we up there, you know, Shades got the trunk popping them out. They're, like, love, like... Everybody I'm still fucking with today is everybody I knew from the Rhythm Kitchen. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And this Rhythm Kitchen was what, 89, 90? No, that was like early 90s, roughly. What, like 91, 92? 91, 92 in there, if I recall. Because the hip-hop shop opened in 93. Yeah, I think it was 93 or 94, something in there. And then it closed, what, 97, 98? Yeah, because I ended up over at Car City Records right after. Okay. okay, okay. That's just to give people who don't know yeah. kind of time frame. Okay, so let's move it through. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've, you've done, you you know, you know, like the Slum Village. Have you done stuff with some Slum Village or just more like was associated with them? Associated and, with them, uh-huh. like very tightly. Because mm-hmm. uh, they were part of that whole Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. They're part of that whole movement, you mm-hmm. know. And like Jay was kind of, Jay and Kat were kind of the first cats jump off from that, I guess you could say that mm. Rhythm Kitchen uh, hip-hop shops collective. Okay. And then, like, I remember, uh, so Jessica Caremore, yep. she used to do the books. Yep. She used to and do the books to, at the oh, hip-hop Oh, don't forget about the poetry shit, too. Uh, Mahogany Cafe. What's, Cafe yeah, Mahogany. I actually, yeah. low-key, I was the first DJ in there. What, what years is the Cafe Mahogany? Ah, uh, what year was is it like late 90s? I cannot remember, man. Because if you can find the date, I think that place was only open maybe two two weeks. And they didn't even have a liquor license, if I recall. <laughs> but I was in there. And the only reason I ended up in there was because of uh, Armageddon and Cricket. Wow. Yeah, and Cricket was like, nigga, come do this shit, man. It's a fresh <laughs> new spot. I'm like, all right. You know, I mean, like like I said, the universe does some crazy shit. Right. And that's right, how right. I ended up there. You know what I'm saying? And then you work with D12. Right. Obi Trice. Obi, Exhibit. Yeah. Have you done stuff with Royce? No. Not yet? No. Okay, so Royce, you need to get with head and do some stuff. Quick. Yeah. But uh, his brother, Vicious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, Got a rock he's, band. He is on a project that um, I worked on. Right. Okay. So, and he's doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Kid Vicious. Vicious is nice. Yeah, he's he, he got it popping. Yeah. Uh, he got that rock thing going. A lot of energy. Yes, indeed. Mm. So the D12, do you did you make music, some of their music? Yeah. Okay, which records? Like Shit On You, I worked on, Purple Pills. Uh, you worked on Purple Pills? These Drugs. Uh, what else is there? Like... All of when you when you guys are like naming this stuff, this is like my prime time of hip hop. So I remember the first time I saw I'm calling that video by Slum Vintage oh, on yeah. BT, and I remember seeing Purple Pills for the first time. I used to be like, "Oh my god!" But you, get geek. <laughs> you get you get extra geek when you see like, especially considering that nobody had really jumped off in that 
level. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, this is possible. You know, yeah. when, like when you see like Fat Cat sign the payday, you know, mm-hmm. dropping the uh, day with the homies and shit like that. You mm-hmm. know, and like, you know, Jay, seeing Ob Trice just Obi looking Trice. like a regular dude, right. like just you know? on BT, MTV, just rapping. Like, I'm like, Duh. yeah, and yeah. It, it's like crazy. Like, damn, I'm actually here. Okay, but then you don't. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I'll say for me personally, it's like one second of woo, and then it's like anyway. Wow. And then it's like an immediate drop, like back to reality. Don't get your head like knocked off. You know That's what I'm saying? Lesson. On some crazy shit. It's good you don't okay. need life to humble you. So then, then what are the records you did with Obi? Uh, actually, uh, is it got some teeth? Man, you be doing so much music. <laughs> no, because I don't think about. I just that man. You just, just like, churn it out. Yeah, and it's like I'm not thinking of where or what's going on. I'm just like in there, just doing my thing. So wow. is it common for artists to come to producers and be like, I got this idea and I want it to sound like this, and then you try to create it, or is it it does it does it yeah. ever really work like that? That's that's one of the ways. I mean, a lot of stuff with well, a lot of stuff with him was like that. Like, hey, I got this idea, and then you just try to, like I said in the, earlier, paint that picture. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. So that's that's your what you're trying to do is paint the picture at the end of the day. Well, talking about painting pictures, uh, somebody who paints them very well, Jay Dilla. Yes. And you were around the whole from yep. the beginning. Can you just because we love Jay Dilla around here? Uh, Jay, rest in peace, Jay is the homie. Rest in peace. Tell us man. about your whole relationship with him. Everything we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Jay. You know what's crazy? Another one of those universe type situations, like uh, like my step grandfather used to live over in Conant Gardens down the block, so we'd be over there all the time. And then this cat Roach, who I used to hang out with Shades with, was from Conant Gardens, but ended up moving over to my neighborhood, and he lived like a door down. And that's how I ended up over in Conant Gardens, like on some rap shit, was with that dude Roach. So what happens is we taking the bus back and forth over there. So I want to learn. DJ. That's when the bus system used to work in Detroit. Shit didn't work back then. Like, <laughs> so, DJ had you actually, That shit was worse then than it is now. You know what I'm saying? Bus broke on the side of the road and shit. Cause it got it hit one of them fucking craters that, that, that we can't get fixed. I fucked up a car real bad going to the studio with proof one night, man. We ain't had no brake lines. Oh no. In the middle of January. Oh my god. Oh some crazy shit. But anyway, with Jay, um, so the crazy thing is, like, this is back in the 80s. Uh, so I asked this dude, cool in, teach me how to DJ. And uh, he was over. He was over in Conan Gardens, like a block down. But what was crazy is he told me to meet him at a house on Nevada. And like, come to find out, a couple of years later, I met him at Dilla's house. Wow, my Duke's house. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that, right? <laughs> you know, at the time, right? right. So it's like kind of like you kind of inching up to that mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. And Proof is the one that actually pulled the connection one hundred full way. Wow. So Jay would like be over there hanging out at, at at the parents' crib, and we over there making beats, DJing, and doing some hip hop shit in the basement. You know wow. what I'm saying? And make you know coming up with beats, and you know he's like going through record collection. Me and him would go record digging every Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's so where cool. did y'all dig? Oh my God. Just everywhere. Car City. Um, we we go up to Ann Arbor, especially on Sundays, because you didn't have to pay for parking. I feel so like it's been that one shop that's been there for probably a long time. Liberty Encore. 
is the shop we would go to, and another one was called AJ's. If okay. They, AJ's is like above a subway. And there was another one called, I think, Wazoo or Yazoo or something like okay. that. That we would hit up. We'd hit up Ann Arbor pretty strong That's on a cool. Sunday. And we'd just go digging, man. And like, Jay was crazy. He would, like, he would come over. He used the SB-1200 record, like, the beat on the beat, beat tapes. And one of those actually ended up being dropped for the far side. Mm. You know, um, and I mean, shit. So much music. Yeah. So I much mean, history. Like, the, like, even watch his process. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. is kind of interesting. Mm. You know, how? I mean, it's not Way a lot different of, than yours? Different but similar. Okay. okay. I'll say that because, like, one of the things, like, when you get into production, you should know how to DJ first because then you can work mm. on your musical ear. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it's kind of like when we're producing, we're like coming from a DJ brain. Okay. You know, like like if you're rocking a crowd. Yeah. So you're already beginning with the pictures. So now you're trying to translate and making records. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. So, okay. Speaking of like transferring and transforming, let's move to the future or to the now. Or to the now. All right. So uh, digging. Digging. I love digging. I love digging for records. I oh. go digging. And, uh, yeah, digging, if you're a millennial, it means uh, that you would go to the record store. Well, now you do it online, but uh, you oh, go it's, to the it's record nothing store. nothing like going. I mean, I get to feel like I was y'all, like I was back in the 89, like just digging. You, know, you just go through it. and you look through records and you play them. You listen mm. to them in the store. Yeah. And you listen to how they sound. Like, are they scratched or are they, do they have that crackle does, thing? Does are the they cover clean? talk to you? You know, you know what, what I'm saying? saying? <laughs> what a, yeah, there's a picture, you know, yeah. like the well, You don't even cover. know what it is, but you like, yeah, oh, yeah, that looks cool. Know, on the that, I mean, that's mm -hmm. still a habit, you know? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. like, think about this. We didn't, like, I didn't grow up on music videos like that. So that record cover, like to see mm. paid in full, and yes. look at the back of that goddamn yes. album cover. That record spoke volumes for right. for mm. years. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Until yeah. the next one came out. Right. So the picture that they're painting on those albums right. speak volumes. Like Yo Bum Rush the Show or Niggas for Life. You right. know what I'm saying? That right. those pictures speak volumes, and that was my music video. Right. That's still. You know what I'm saying? And so you do that to this day. Still. Still to this day. And you're actually. At a record shop now, People's Records. Yes, I am at People's Records. Where is Pe Tell us about People's Records. This is an amazing place, y'all. Yes, it's actually, it's an interesting place. And the record shops are very interesting because you never know who walks through the door. You never know. So, like, um, a couple weeks ago, Mayor Hawthorne was in there. Wow. You know Shouts what I'm saying? Shouts out to DJ Haircut. <laughs> exactly. Remember Mayor <laughs> Hawthorne? We talked about him when we had Buff One on the show. Um, yes. Jamal Buffer, yes. and he was telling us about you know working with Mayor Hawthorne. I remember, but I don't. Still. Don't See? make you cry. Doom, do, 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 and so, and I was telling you that was the first mixtape that uh, when I moved back to Detroit in '08. And yeah, you just listened to and it. I listened all, to yeah. it with DJ Graffiti, and that's how you found Buff. Right, got you. And Damn! So, yeah. Shout out to Graffiti. I ain't <laughs> thought about Graffiti in a long time. One Below. Right, One yeah. Below. Shout, Shout out to One Below. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> 14 so, yeah, so KT. 14KT, the whole crew. Right? Athletic uh -huh. Mike Lee. On, on the low, AML. something big. But. Um, haircut. Haircut. Who else was in? Uh, Jake One, if you know about Jake One. He was in town a couple weeks ago. He, he, and when he came in town, he uh, hit me up and we went doing some little digging and stuff like that and hanging nice. out. Uh, he's from SeaTac, but he has worked with some of the artists out here. But um, 
he was in there digging. And, you know, he's also in the group Tuxedo with, with uh, Mayor Hawthorne. Nice. Uh, who else? Like, even like Techno Cats. You get old Motown Session Cats coming in there. Nice. Rangers and stuff. So the record shop is like... A, uh, it's like local. Cheers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a bar, but no no liquor, really. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Maybe they have a little in their pocket. But, but, but you know... <laughs> I ain't going to front. I, have, I, I, I ran into a couple people that, that like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But what's crazy is, like, it actually is like a Cheers, now that you mention it. Like, mm-hmm. people come in, and, like, they just get to talking, and it's like therapy for some people. Mm, nice. You know, like, you get, like like just the fucking feel when you walk in those doors. It's like, it ain't like walking into like Best Buy by no means. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? I've been to the, I've been into people's digging and I've met people from Japan. Yeah, you. All over the world. Like, and you know what they do? Like now, a lot of the Japanese have this little plastic Newmark portable. Yeah. And they'll bring that with them. It's like a toy. It's like a closing play. And they bring that with them and then they pull that out and they'll just be listening to their records they sell. So they don't have to wait for the in-store the record, record player, player to open up, to yep. open up, so they just bring their little record players up. They start That's playing their own record, and it's like, like you meet people and you won't speak the same language, but if you pull it's that record out man. and show them that cover, they'd be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but but for what it, for what it is, the crazy shit about it is like you're with your tribe. You're you know with what your tribe. Mean? Straight up, yeah. you are with your tribe. Yeah. So I mean, like. And I like working at the restaurant. I, I mean, I'm running the old DJ cats. Like, funny-wise, like, Lynn Swan was in town a couple... Shouts out Lynn Swan. Yeah. Like, you got to tell people who Lynn Swan is right quick. The Swan legend. Is, is that dude out here on the cut, man. Swan is just that dude. He good peoples. I've known Swan a very long time. I've used Swan on a lot of recordings of mine. Mm. Um, and he's a he's a legend. He's a turntable as he yeah. is, like twelve tech mob, mm-hmm. shotgun, uh, riff. You know, shit. I worked with Riff over at Car City. Wow. So it's like kind of funny. Like I said, the universe just pushes you where you need to be. You just yeah. gotta accept. People it. need to look up Lynn Swan. Yeah, like, look up Swan. He's he's a major, amazing Detroit legend. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, uh, and he had is just naming people like you know. Like, like, whatever, but this, these are, like, amazing people that are <laughs> part of the lexicon of what makes of up the this Detroit. This whole matrix, man, that's right. going on out here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, like, here's another thing, like, like how the universe works, though. Like, DJ Los, shout out to Los. We're um, going to have him on here, too. Yeah. Another legend. That's the homie right there, man. He, um, I didn't know that Los went to high school with my cousin, Papa J. Smooth. Wow. Which is another Detroit rap legend, you wow. know? Keep dancing. Yeah, that's my cousin. Uh, yeah, the, and me and me and Los always joke about because I, I knew Los had knew him because the first thing he said, yeah, he used to go by Papa Jelly Smooth. I'm like, yeah, you know that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was his first name. Was Los was one of the uh, the the artists, you know, that back in the days before, you know, we didn't have no internet and all that stuff. So they sold like seventeen thousand units the out the trunk. 17,000 yeah. units. Can you imagine? You had to actually trunk, go dude. to the cities yeah. yourself and sell your record to people. And he said that the first time that him that he went to California, when he went to L.A. for the first time, he said he saw a big billboard of himself and, and the group. And he said when he went out there, everybody was worshiping him. Snoop Dogg and um, <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, wow. So we'll, we'll bring him on here to tell the yeah. history. But this is who DJ Head is talking about. Yeah. Got you. You know what I'm saying? DJ um, Lowe's. People's is on Livinoy. 
Livernoise and been in there twice, I think. It's like one block down from Baker's Keyboard Lounge, another legendary oh, yeah, yeah. spot. Another Super. legendary spot. We got to get some of them on here. Okay, tell us where. But Peoples is moving, right? Well, not. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we're moving. Like we're combining, just like like to one major spot, and it's it's been an Eastern Market. Okay. So it's down there on Gratiot and Eastern Market. So that that's been like pretty much the headquarters, I could say. That's the one I always go to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything will be funneling down in there. Okay. And when are you there? Uh, I, must, I will find out in a couple weeks. Okay. Because we're like in transition. Okay. Um, but probably pretty regularly, yeah, like yeah, weekends yeah. and Actually, stuff like that. No, I don't do the weekends because okay. I got to do the other hustle on the, the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJing gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. and studio shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So we want to check out people's records. We want to support Brad. We want to support... Yeah. Um, Brad is a huge supporter of the culture. Yes. And uh, in a financial way. And mm-hmm. he also um, created Funk Night, which yeah, he no one, longer does it. Yeah, but, Funk but he Night. Created Shout out it. to Funk Night and yeah. Frank and Eastside. Yeah, Frank Rains. Um, and that's Slow actually, Jams, Erno. Yeah. Eastside. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Funk Night, that, that party is amazing because yes. that's where I met DJ Dez. Where, and that's actually where you do the, they, they have the 45s. Yeah. And, all uh, vinyl. All vinyl 45s. No computers. Funk. And then they just spin them. And then they find those artists and bring, and bring them, them in. And then they perform. Like one of the sweetest funk nights uh, that I liked a lot was when the Fabulous Counts played. Okay, yes. And that, that was, was amazing. That was that was a sold out, amazing show. Amazing. And, and they dressed for it. Yeah, and what's crazy is that... <laughs> They had a suit, they had some shiny suits. suits. I mean, them cats was They came was like that, they man. was in the 70s. Yeah, and it was crazy. What, like, this is how hype. you know, like, Detroit's real tight. It's like they had the fun, some of the Funk Brothers out there hanging. Yeah. And, like, McKinley Jackson, Proof's dad, was there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, yeah, they, they bringing, like, them my boys, them my boys. So it's like, even though they weren't signed to Motown, just like Detroit crewed up in this mm. part. So you had damn near, like, everybody, like, from, like, the rap. Scene onto the funk old school scene, like the records we're sampling. That's these cats right, right here, but it's all combined and mashed up now. Right. I think it's like maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred people that night. Wow, it was. It, it, it was, was huge. crazy. And it was, it was elbow in there. It, it was. was, and that was intergenerational. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Mm. It was interracial. Yeah, I mean, it was every. It was amazing. And like awesome. Dennis Coffee, I think did the next month. Yeah. Dennis Coffee is another cat. That's like the shit out here. Huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like that's what with Funk Night, like bringing in cats, man. Bringing in cats. And that's what Brad started. Yeah, he's and one of the cats in the front. Now he's got his, his record got store, store, you know. And so, and you're there. Yep. Okay, that's what's up. So we're going to support that. And what else are we going to support? Your new music. New music. Tell us about that. Uh, Check out valid313.com. I think that's the website yep. but i work with valid a lot um shout out to valid yeah i've been working like if you pay attention i've been working on him like steadily but this new project's gonna be like that deal okay it's okay. like i got a ton of surprises okay okay but i ain't gonna speak valid on it is and, a hard worker yeah man i mean that dude man he's an interesting care but i mean he he is hip-hop He's hip hop to the core. To the core. Freestyle. He yeah, puts in the work. work man. He supports. He networks and supports. He's just out here doing doing it, man. Mm-hmm. The know, Serbian king. Yep. Love, love showing love to any and everybody. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's a he real good dude and real hard worker. And I mean, that's like I said, like we were talking about in the beginning, how you just build up. I met this cat at 5E Gallery. 
out, on the, out on the corner, <laughs> you know, hanging out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then, like, maybe a couple years down the line, out of the blue, he just hit me up like, hey, man, I need to come by the house and holler at you about something. I'm like, all right. <laughs> come he by the house through. with a six-pack of red stripe. He know what to do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, you know, we chopped it up. He's like, man, you know what, man? I want you to executive produce my projects from now on. Wow. I was like, for real? I'm like, all right. Let's see where we can take this. Okay. But that's just building and seeing, you know, with a cat that's just hanging out on the corner, mm-hmm. having a beer with or something. You know, you smoke yeah. out or something. You know, just hanging out, shooting the shit on some common corner shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And, I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, think about this. The sh- same way the whole, like, sh- hip-hop shop situation, same thing. Just hanging outside the shop or hanging in the shop, but you're hanging out on the corner mm-hmm. and you building that network, whether you know it or not. You know, relationship I mean, building, but That's in a crazy way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, engagement strategies. <laughs> but you got you got to go to go the fuck out there. You mm-hmm. know, like you know, and I mean, let it happen naturally. Don't force it. Yeah, because when you force it, it's, it gets all tainted and fucked up. Yeah. Well, I want to say this to you. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, not only for coming and sharing of yourself, but you know what I'm saying? You mentioned you shouted out 5e Gallery, which we always talk about 5e Gallery on here because yes. I was a co-owner. And um, we really did a, a, a intentional job to make sure that we were bringing in a hip hop history, that Detroit hip hop shop. Um, history we brought in you know as many people as we could so that we could continue that legacy and you're a part of the reason that we were able to do that like you were able to 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 give us our validity you were able to give us that history you gave me so many lessons on hip-hop you exposed me to so many people you took me and introduced me to, to to so much and just exposed me to so much so I super appreciate you for your mentorship, you know what I'm saying, and, and helping us build up the gallery. I ain't no mentor. I just, <laughs> I, I just be doing me, man. And I mean, if you if you want to jump on the ship, man, let's keep moving. Right. You know what and I'm saying? And you train people. Yeah, I, I've taught a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. And I, I mean, what's funny is I don't, I'm, I don't think I'm teaching anybody, but, but I guess are. I actually am. But I, I'm, but I mean, it's kind of the same way I learn. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, first time I was in the studio um, was over at uh, my first studio session with them same cats. Uh, they were called the Vultures. It was Cool In, Easy D, a.k.a. Roach, and Mike Move. If you know Mike Move, Mike Move is the one that actually taught me how to make beats. Wow. This cat's over in Coney Gardens off of uh, Joseph Campo and McNichols and shit. And in the basement, we go down there, man, he got a full-fledged studio. I'm like, this back in the 80s. Wow. He had a studio in his basement. I was My jaw was floored. Like, <laughs> I want to do that <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> you know? So then from that home studio he had down there, he had like an Atari computer and an inside a keyboard. And wow. Guitars and a four-track. So from there, he would uh, go to... Um, United Sound. That was the first recording studio. Shouts out to been. United Sound, mm-hmm. legendary yeah. sound studio. Yep. It's, yeah. It's 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 still in existence. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. it just got and a I historical think, marker. Yeah, and I mm. think that's where Helleva works with T Grizzly. Maybe? It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I think mm-hmm. That's where they they're over United I'm with Sound. Yeah. And I was in United Sound maybe like two years ago for the first time. Damn near maybe 
25 years. United Sound <laughs> is where um, Barry Gordy. Gordy Motown shit. That's where yeah. he got the idea okay. to do Motown. Got you. And so Aretha oh, Franklin, a lot of people recorded everybody. there. Everybody. Everybody in the world recorded On a crazy there. note, speaking of which, um, rest in peace, Dirty Steve King. He was the engineer, one of the engineers over there at United Sound. He recorded with Aretha. He recorded with George Clinton. Then he ended up recording with him. Mm. And being our main engineer for wow. all the Eminem project. So now, dope. what's even funnier about that is that me and Proof was in uh, 54 Sound where uh, M was recording. And uh, he, we were sitting up there talking about old school Detroit rappers, right? And Steve in there behind the board doing his fucking thing. And, we, and Papa J Smooth comes up. It's like, yeah. So uh, he's like, that's your cousin? I'm like, yeah, Steve, what you know? He's like, I recorded your cousin. Wow. So he had two generations, exactly. I mean, of, of the same family that he's worked with in the studio. That's amazing. Because so cool. Steve used to work over at United Sound, and that's mm. where all my cousin's shit was recorded, was at United Sound. Wow. Because a lot of people back then was recording at United Sound, because yeah. that was the main studio. It was either that or the disc out there in East Point. Okay. East Detroit. Mm-hmm. Those are like the two stumping ground studios for Detroit. Yeah, in the disc. Uh, then you had Studio A out in Dearborn, because Dilla used to be out there a lot. And then there was also Mike Powell's studio over there in Oak Park. Okay. And if you know about Mike Powell, look him up. Okay. You know, because he did a lot of Nita Baker shit. Okay. Wow. Hey, we could, we got to bring you back. We're going to bring you back well, either this year or 2019, but we, we got to get even more history because it's, like, it's, it's like peeling back an onion. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Real. Every time we peel it, make your back, eyes like, water. No, it's like, it's more there. It's like, what else, what else, what else? So we're going to bring you back because we know you got to run out of here. But real quick, um, let everybody know, like, how they can get at DJ Head. Uh, You can get at DJ Head. Uh, I put it like this. I ain't no social media dude. Man, I like to meet folks, like, face-to-face naturally. Okay. Straight up. But if you can look me up, Google me on WikiMe. Or you can check me out on Facebook. I'm on there maybe once a week for five minutes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not bullshit. Like people don't... just need to come up to people's and holler at you. Yeah, I mean that's the way I like it. Like the corner. I mean that's. But what how if I I'm bitch. in Amsterdam? If you and in I need a uh, record, there is cats that oh find God. me in Amsterdam yeah, and be this like, is true. but then like if you send me a message, I'll just tell you just hit me via email. Okay. Gotcha. And you what's know, your email? Head zero three four at gmail dot com. There we go. You know, and I mean I, I'm I'm snail mailing, but I mean if it ain't broke, what the fuck am I fixing it for? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, Instagram, I, I, I got a count, and I don't even know what the hell is going on. I don't even do no Twitter. I don't do nothing. I feel you. I, social media is like being three people at one time. I can't do <laughs> I'm not I on gotta, it either, but shouts out to the people that, like, for I Piper. Like, me. Sometimes I go on Piper's Piper just on to, that shit. Because Piper, Piper be shouting out. I know you know. I know you got to go, but, you know, Piper, Piper and the, the, her love for women in hip-hop, I be on, I just sometimes a Google Piper page just to get some inspiration. And she on there shouting out every woman. It could be Rihanna. It could be, it could be a chick walking down the street on Seven Mile. And Piper, like, look, shout out to her, y'all. Like, it's so, so the people, shout out to the people that's on social media that completely craft themselves around building our community. 
But you know what I'm saying? If you I, other than that, I ain't on social media. I'm good. I'm like you. See I mean, me. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of damn work, man. I be it's like, a lot of work. Like it, it can suck you in, and then you like, like uh, you just drifted off of reality. That's how I be. You know what I'm saying? That's how I be. And I can't, I can't, I cannot do it, man. But we could get at you through email. Say your, yeah. e- say your email one more time. Head zero three four at gmail dot com. All right, and that's to um get at you for music and music just, lessons if you and all that. Want to shoot the shit? I mean, I, I like shooting the shit, man. Okay. Like, I mean, if you, you want to drink, drink, come drink with me, come hang with me, man. Okay. I'm like, just like hanging out, man, like vibing. Yeah. And then that's how, you know, then you kind of like can build like, I'm fucking with you. Yeah, mm. you I, feel know, you. Or, I feel you. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, that's, but like, you can't, you can't like, you can't touch nobody with no social media shit. You know okay. what I'm saying? You don't know that person. I mean, the words. Says a thousand fucking things. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Pictures say a thousand things too. Gotcha. But you know, you can say a million things once you can feel the person you out personally. Spiritual. You know I what I'm you, saying? Bro. I feel you. You got to float on cloud nine. Well, thank you <laughs> so much for coming and sharing thank yourself you. with us. We're going to bring you back. I had so Eddie, much anything, fun. Brittany? I'm, I, this is like I told you in the beginning. This is just like for me, like I, I break it down like this. Where I am in hip hop is I have to go, like I told Piper, like I used to think it was cool. For me to be like, you know, 10. And I think my first rap album was Word of Mouth by Ludacris. And I knew that wasn't it. Damn, like I knew the, I knew that wasn't it. You know what I'm saying? I knew that wasn't it. So I went back, you know what I'm saying, and, and listened. And I'm still, you know, learning stuff I still don't know. So it's fun. Like y'all say, it's just fun. So you coming on here and breaking it down and being so humble, just You want to know what's so funny about fun. this moment that you're talking about? I was in the studio out in L.A. with Dre mixing down shit on you for D12 with him, and uh, what was funny about it was that we was talking about, uh, like, the first India, I think it might have been Dope Man, and then uh, we was talking about Dope Man, N.W.A., and uh, Dre turned around, he's like, y'all niggas making me feel old. Hilarious. <laughs> and that's what you just did to I'm me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I love it, so thank you, but seriously, you, man, though. this was so fun, like... So yeah, that's well, all I thank got. you, thanks, Brittany, our token millennial. Always, um, we're gonna we're gonna tap head out, and then we're gonna tap in our next guest. That's okay. super amazing as well. That was also there for this history and a part of all this. You know what I'm saying? This this, this little homie in the mix. <laughs> but you know what's funny? I meet a lot of like cats. Like, yeah, you remember me when I was a kid? I used to run up to the shop on Seven Mile in Greenfield. And the cat working night, he a manager down at Whole Foods or something, you know, right. and shit like that. It'd be crazy, you know. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. damn, you, but you don't never realize how many people out there, like, have grown with you whether you know it or not. Mm, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. And it's like, it's good when you, like, meet those people. They're like, yeah, damn, I do remember your ass. You know what I'm mm, saying? Right, right. It's like, but you, like, like, with me, it's like I'm running into people constantly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, you know. Those people come back for a reason, you know, and yep. that sticks with you. And it's a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'm not even tripping about life at this point. All right. Yeah. Well, that's what's up. And um, so, yeah, so you're going to leave us, but you're going to come back. We had a great conversation with you, DJ Head. No doubt. Legendary DJ Head. Legendary Piper. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we're going to let you go get to where you got to get to. And uh, thanks for stopping by. I said 8.15 you know and we're doing it. Yeah. Hey. So, okay, we're going to bring in our next guest. Okay. So you guys um, keep listening. Don't go away or push that pause. Go get something to eat and uh, come right back. And um, we're going to be with our next guest. All right. Peace out, Piper Carter Podcast. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. 
That was such an amazing interview that we had with um, DJ Head. It's so incredible and all that wonderful um, Detroit hip hop history. Um, yeah, that was just great. And now we have our brother, Jermaine, aka Big Fresh. Salam alaikum. How you doing, my brother? Oh, oh my God. So I'm just really excited because um, it was cool that you were in the room to like hear DJ Head. And we get to, like, continue, you know what I'm saying? Because we started with all this wonderful hip-hop history, the hip-hop shop, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And now you're here to kind of bring us a little bit into the future. It's like you have some hip-hop history, and it's like a little bit newer history. So um, just wanted to bring you in here, you know what I'm saying? Because you're an amazing brother, you know, a great father, um, you know, you're in the community, you're out here doing your thing. So what's up, um, Jermaine, a.k.a. Big Fresh? How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, so that's great. I'm glad you're here. So, yeah, I'm glad that you're here and that um, Brittany gets a chance to, like, yeah. experience all, all these great people that I always, you know, I'm, talk about. I feel like he's the big homie already. Ah, that's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. that. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah, so you told us all this great stuff. Like I don't even know where to begin. It's like your dad wrote for Motown, like yeah. you you know, Denon Porter produced your first record. Yeah. Like, I mean, what's all this other great stuff? You made music with uh Beanie Siegel and Yo Gotti and Freeway, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and all these great people. Um, I don't even know where to begin, but let's just begin maybe at the kind of beginning and let's talk about, you know, your history. With hip hop, because I had thought that you were part of the hip hop shop, but you were telling me you came like a little bit after. Yeah, I came in the um, in the uh, man, the shelter era, the shelter and Cafe Mahogany and um, going over to spilling over to Lush and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, we're talking like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety seven, more so ninety eight. Okay. Ninety seven, I was going back back and forth between because I was going back and forth between school and uh, and coming back to the hood. So, um, where was school? I went to actually. I was like one of the first black kids to go out to Madison Heights. Okay. And I was all black. <laughs> <laughs> they hated on me. Like, what was the dialect, like, man? Soon I graduated, like all these black kids coming there. I wanted a black girlfriend, but now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep it all the way funky though. <laughs> I mean, they was cool. I, I got a lot of love out there, so I ain't gonna hate. I got a lot of love out there. <laughs> you see that melanin? Of course you did. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm fine. That's, but... That smile. <laughs> I am cute. They couldn't deny you, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big man, fresh, no doubt. But uh, yeah, so us, me. Um, me and move when I moved back, my mom, cause my mom uh, moved out of town when I was a youngin, mm. and I'm staying with my daddy on the, on the east side, and so when um she moved back over to the Joy Road and Dexter area around Mastilla Hawk, um with uh, my father who was uh, the great 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 leader and activist and, and lover of the people, you mind Luke Marahim Allah, may Allah be pleased with him. Yeah, man, a lot of be pleased with him. Um, he, um, we started hanging tough back again, and um, that's when I got reintroduced. Like, I remember, <laughs> I first like when um, Slim they stick it ahead when Slim Shady EP came out. Nobody heard of him, like except us hip hop cast out in the city, 
And so I took that out there to the burbs, and I was like, listen to this. <laughs> and they was like, because like I said, like they was real hip hop heads, like white mm-hmm. white kids in the nineties. It's called them wiggers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you call them wiggers back in the day, man. They uh, they was real like supreme hip hop heads. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like niggas wasn't like playing Illmatic like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they they had Illmatic. They had MC Ren. They had that like, except Shock of the Hour. Like tapes like. Some of us who not really deep heads wouldn't have they white folks be they them back in the day they had it, you know what I'm saying? Thirty mm-hmm. return of thirty six chambers like old dirty and stuff like that. So they kept me in tune with like the boom bap hip hop, you know what I'm saying? And and um when I moved back when I going back and forth when I came back to the city, I was like man because they was they, so they was into even though they, we all love E forty we love all that stuff. And so, but I went back and I told her, I was like, man, listen to this. Kamu gave me the EP. And it's like 98. This is before he got signed. Mm. And I said, listen to this. I was like, what do you think he is, black or white? That's like, I was like, like, man, like, it wasn't, what song was that? I just don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. It was, uh, I'm nice in the pee. I want to search the crushing milk bone. I'm everlasting. I was like, I was like, damn. I was like, I guess, I guess what he is. It's like, no way, bro. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he white, dude. It's like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Cause remember back in the day, um, white MCs was like, they was corny as shit. You know what I'm saying? Ice. Yeah, and then, but you know, you had milk bone, you had stuff like that, but then milk bone, but like, people weren't really listening to milk bone like that. Like, M was, M took it to a whole nother place as far as like Lyricism. structures, yeah. rhyme structure. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, he gave, <laughs> even though, again, you had those white rappers who some, like, respected, like, searching them, he gave it perspective mm. to the point, like, they can relate, and they, like, he made everybody, like, all the white boys step their bars up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But What, Beastie Boys? Is Beastie Boys really, like, the, at, before M, like, the... They was they was trendsetters, but they went to the point where nobody gotcha. looked for no bars. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody catching on no bars. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, back around that time. So, be honest with me, like, I didn't, like I told, like, I, I we're talking off, I didn't really like Detroit rap. Mm. You know, I grew up on, like, back in the day, it was I'm from the east side. This guy named Irv Ski. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I remember. If, if some of the heads, they probably know. He's called this, he had this, um, Song called One Man Army. That was like the first like rap nigga. I was like, and I was like seven to eight, nine, something like that. He's like, for right now, I'm like, man, me and my cousin, like, we used to rap his little CD and all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then Awesome Dre, yeah, and, um, that's Hardcore that's Committee, yeah. AWOL. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so when I moved back to the city, they was popping, but then Esham took over. I really went into that. You know what I'm saying? No mm-hmm. disrespect to e- like white the white boys. Yeah, they love Esham. I was they like, do. nigga, what the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what was it? What kind of? What would you say it was he like? He is the founder of horrorcore. Yeah, Esham is the founder you know, of you know horror, like, uh, like insane clown posse and the kind of even them even even the whole that that little scene that D12 have they 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 probably man you know you want like them. Esham, that whole little scene with an over overdosing on drugs and all that. Esham is the king of that style. Like people okay. ain't gonna give him the sound. Like go study. Esham is booming. 
Go find <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Esham is booming. Look you know what I'm saying? Go look up Esham is booming. Um, um, uh, he had the first one called Life or Death. He had the like, one side of the light. No, that was that was that was Ice Cube. He had the uh, Hell and something. He had two like he was like one of the first cat with two CDs and mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Esham was wild as hell, but I ain't really liked him like that, and so. Like when Moo, I came back around, Moo was rapping. So I didn't even know he rapping. So I like, you know what I'm saying? Then he started rapping. I'm like, damn, Moo, the coldest of the coldest. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He was just, him and his brother, um, Omar, that was in SOA. I really wasn't like feeling them too much because they was like religious. I don't, I don't like religious rap. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but Moo was like the nicest of the nice. Okay. And so Moo, by Moo being so nice, he got respect from all the other hip hop shot cats. He was right. always around them. And so, he played me, um, you know, he played me Royce, Arch Nemesis in the Desert. Doc Seuss produced it. And it was like, if you look that song up, it was the, like, it's it's on YouTube, Arch Nemesis in the Desert. And he, I was like, I ain't never heard nothing like, especially from no Detroit dude, mm-hmm. ever. I said, shit, I, I want to be around. You know what I'm saying? I said, like, okay, now somebody I can relate to. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wants super streety. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't super duper streets, and he wasn't like like backpacky. He was just like hardcore. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so he went. He went. He was the balance like I needed at that time. And so when I um um yeah when I came through um and I seen and I seen that and then like I I didn't really want to really I still didn't really I rap but I ain't really play I play with it. like I should. Sometimes I'm whack. Sometimes I be I can be dope, mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes I can be whack because I didn't care. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But um, strike. We had we like once the brothers started really getting to ground each other and the hip hop thing started moving and we like the second generation of the of the, of the Muslims. You know what I'm saying? That's like the Muslim rappers, the Hassan Mausi and all. You know what I'm saying? And and, and the head they was b boys like mm-hmm. Hassan mm-hmm. and Kefani and a lot of them. You know the older hip hop Jamaat. They was more so b-boys and rappers. Proof was like the rapper. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, we was like, most of us was just rappers and we was just a crew. It was just horrible. You know what I'm saying? Right. We just some wild little dudes. And so that's why the old heads, like all them like rock was like, that dude's wild. You know what I'm saying? Right, but right. Um, when, when Moo blew, like when Moo started popping, when Moo started popping and he started getting respect and then like for the most part, so then Strike Mount Climbers was really doing their thing. And so they had their own, like the Mount Climbers Flippers, and they had Bugs, Rest in Peace was under, was like part of them. Detroit, like they had this big ass crew out of, like all them rappers from that um, later version of, of, of Hip Hop Shop mm-hmm. and the earlier version of the Shelter Star come. They had these like big old crews. And then at the same time, um, Strike Star, I think Strike Shook Shahada. So Strike Star came and hanging around the Muslims. And so we all black build like this Muslim crew up. Okay. And so. Strike basically um, taught me how to write bars. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? And so, like I said, the first beat I ever rhymed over we was on this uh, mixtape. And it was me and my man, me and my little homie YG. Uh, we was in this crew called, we called, we was called The Union. Mm-hmm. And then it was Moo and Act called uh, <laughs> um, Me and My Man. And they had, they was, we used to do shows and everything. Strike taught me how to write bars. The first beat, the first song I ever recorded was at S Man the Nine Apartment. They had an apartment on the west side, and um, it was the the, the Nine Porter and S Man. 
were the first ones that did that that produced wow. <laughs> make it to be Jules. Maybe you know DJ Jules. Mm-hmm. He he like the first song I really recorded by myself. Wow. Jules was the first gave me that beat. DJ wow. Jules. Yep. Um, shit. I mean, I can. That's a lot of love. Yeah, it was it was it was a it was violent time, (laughs) and it was violent. (laughs) But at the same time, man, people was just coming up, and then you know they had the whole the whole Detroit the whole Eminem thing blowing up. So it was a lot of animosity between a lot a lot of cats, Mm. a lot of cats. You know what I'm saying? And then at the same time, like people was trying to position themselves to get on, right? You know, and so proof was in the hood every day. In right. Highland Park, right up down the street, had mm-hmm. all the ox. You know what I'm saying? He had all the backing of the ox. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we had Jamat Records. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, recorded over there. There was over on the west side. Abdul Hawk, Bakari, um, Dula Beer, rest in peace, man, to the big homie. You know, rest um, in peace. It's some, it's some deep history with the ox and hip hop in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Maurice Malone, you know what I'm saying? So, Hip hop shop history. We just yeah, finished talking about with yeah, with, you know, with DJ Head. Yeah, like I said, like Maurice Malone. I didn't even know him. But I was a little kid, and he used to bring like clothes to my like. He used to come kick with my daddy down at this boutique that we had. We had a little boutique across in the Greater Central Market before it burnt, and they remodeled it. But we'd be right here. It'd be the fruit market right there. We'd be right here, Wiggly's and all like the different spots. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to be cool, and my daddy used to um, sell like. He sell like tapes and bootlegs, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you know what I'm saying. Uh, Maurice to come through and he her kicking with my daddy. You know Maurice is a fly dude back then. It's early nineties, yeah. mm-hmm. super fly. Yeah, man, you had the look, had the specs on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he wasn't like no typical trying to be New York cat. He was a fly dude. He was Detroit to the T. He was fly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I should look up to that. You know. Um, and now, for some reason, man, like my dad, he connected with so many people that it's be sad when I bring him. I'm like, man, he's like, who? Like, oh man. But I mean, Martha Reed used to come down over there, talk to him all the time. A uh, lot of people, like a lot of old writers from both He's like, dad, like, daddy, who is that? They like tell me their Bowtown stories. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. So that's just a little rambling, but no, but that's that's <laughs> great history. I mean, and what's interesting too. Um, well, let's bring Hassan Mahusi into the room. Um, rest in peace. And may Allah be pleased with him. I mean. Because he, um, like we said, he actually created, you know, he was a part of creating the Detroit hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. And he also was a part of, um, helping a lot of people take Shahada and, um, and, you know, come into, in, in, into being open, right? About, um, their own spirituality, and many of them decided to choose Islam. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And so um, on the hip-hop side, I'm going to say uh, Hassan, I remember being over Sundiata's house. That's his father. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to Sundiata Mausi. And Maurice being over there, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jerome was over there too. And I remember... Um, uh, Maurice Malone was working at Showtime at the time, like sewing and stuff like that. Showtime was a clothing store mm-hmm. that was on Woodward. And I remember he was Showtime. unhappy. And Hassan was like, why don't you just leave? Leave, leave. Do your own thing. And I remember him being like, I can't do this or whatever. I don't even know if he remembers it. Um, I think Jerome remembers this. And Sundia Ada remembers the story. And I remember... Um, uh, Hassan just telling him, like, you could do anything you want to do. You could... <laughs> 
you know, yeah, be your own boss. Type of dude, yeah. You're the person who's making the clothes. Like people are coming there for you. You make things hot. You're the man. And I just remember that whole conversation. And that's where actually the hip hop shop was actually born. Because they was already making the t-shirts and they were actually like making items and the t-shirts took off and they were doing really well. And then he was doing, you know, the overalls and, and you know, but yeah. Hassan and um and Kafani were the ones who actually helped him come up with the slogans, like the jeans for your ass and things like that. Mm-hmm. The drawers for your bizalls and all that kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And a lot of the, um you know, the advertising, the marketing and all that. That kind of stuff came out of those brothers. They were very um, creative. They were the ones who actually, you know, were helping to come up with a lot of these ideas. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just interesting. You know, we share, you know, this amazing brother, like everyone does. You Man, know what I'm saying? Like, Cosp, P. Yeah, Proof. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All the hip-hop shop history. And, um, yeah, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about, like, you know, the whole, like, being black and Muslim and hip-hop. And, like, that culturally, like, the significance of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, with us as a hip-hop culture. Right. Um, man. Being black and Muslim, it's like a, because I can't tell it from a convert perspective. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you're born into it. I was born to Muslim parents. I was gonna ask you that, but I figured I figured you were born into it. Yeah, I was born. My father was um, a minister under uh, an FOI under John Muhammad. He came in uh, Temple Number One, but he came. He was a minister under John Muhammad at Temple Number Eight over in Holland Park. You know, um, and I'm guessing the temp the temples are numbered. Well, that t- John Muhammad. They, I don't want to get too because you already know. Okay. John Muhammad had his own different temple than the Farrakhan and Wally Muhammad. Okay. So, yeah, John Muhammad is actually Elijah Muhammad's um, baby brother. Okay. The last one that passed, like, 15 years ago. But, um, yeah, my parents, like, so I'm like a Muslim mutt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been, <laughs> <laughs> I've been through every phase of Muslim. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And um, so... You know, um, it was kind of, it was being, alhamdulillah, from a lot of my peers that grew up in a certain tradition of Islam, they have extreme traumas, you know what I'm saying? Because it was so different and they were so, they can tell their story. I seen it, I left. I didn't want to be a part of it. By me being born into the nation first, kind of gave me a certain central ground mm. on how to, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know about all these other Muslims until I got around, like, other when I got older, around other Muslims, like, man, you ain't no Muslim, you ain't a real Muslim, you just little that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Muslim is Muslim. Back in the day, I'm in a nation, you know what I'm saying? But I'm coming from the nation, and then my, my father married, he kind of more started going tradition, like, he was like cool traditionalist. He wasn't like no extremist, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So he married a, a woman who my mama kind of with certain levels of extremism. But um, he, my daddy, and then and he's still about his little demons. But my my stepmom, she was like dwarfing Afrocentric. Okay, like she was really Afrocentric. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I had a certain foundation. It's like my grandparents; they was in the black church, so I had a strong foundation of black love that right. a lot of Muslim black Muslim youth from like the 80s and 70s and stuff like that, if they weren't a part of certain particular group of Muslims, they didn't have that. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. 
when I seen that type of narrative, and everybody know, I tell them, sometimes people make me mad at it. They be trying to forget about certain stuff. I'm like, man, I saw it. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with this. Mm. So I, it made me leave Islam. We talked about it the other day. Me and mm. some of the brothers were like, man, if it went for a law or certain particular brothers, like leadership, like certain, like very few, like I don't know where I'd be. Like I had to make my own thing. I was talking like when we buried my brother and uncle was talking to me. He's like, man, like I seen where you was at and you had to find a law on your own. Your story is so much different here, but you mm. had to find a law for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like Islam wasn't dictated to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody, anybody who know me know. I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I care a lot, but I don't care like how people think. Mm-hmm. My life don't really revolves around that. Mm-hmm. So I was never really intimidated by like that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was one of them little cat and kids defending Elijah Muhammad to the sun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To this day, I still defend Elijah Muhammad. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, I'm a cat that, you know, I, my blackness was always, even if I was with a white girl, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. my blackness was that black, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I never would not not be that black, mm-hmm. you know, and I ain't care. Like so my narrative is a lot of different like a lot of my peers. A lot of them is just was stuck in like immigrant traditions. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Our our back east traditions. Not me. I my my experience is I'm straight up black. And even mm-hmm. when it got to the point where uh, they gonna try to, they never, it never, and I never synced into me. I was always fighting like, man, why are you talking like that? That's funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why are you ta- why are you pronouncing your why are you pronouncing it like that? That's not even proper touch. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. so, you know, it, it was difficult because we was different. We had, to, <laughs> you know, sometimes you had your cousins and shit like who would like try to give you pork. You know, mm. <laughs> and I, 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 was, I used to be like Muslim, Muslim when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I was like a little kid. When I got older, like I didn't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? But when I got, I was Muslim, I was like, mama, my little sister, like, like to, to my mama, my little sister eat pork. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. Taught her eat it. Yeah, I was stunt. I was like a baby FOI. You know what I'm saying? I was mm-hmm. like, I knew the routine. I know who's, I knew that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it was like, and then when I saw other Muslims, I was happy. Like I yeah. said, I didn't know about this, all these Muslim beefs until I got around a certain particular group of Muslims. And they was black. They weren't even the Arabs back then. The black ones, it's like, man, you don't talk to them. They they don't talk to them. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? Because all I knew from the nation, Muslim was Muslim. Yeah. Well, my household, like, I don't know. Like, some people, they nation, and they, blah, blah, blah. some people look down and say they talk, they want to be Arabs, so they want to be this, they want to be that. My household, my mama, my daddy, them, they was Muslim, was Muslim. So, when I was, we was like only Muslim in school, I went to Cooper on the east side. And so, you know, a lot of times over there, it's like Hamtramck. Yeah. So the Yemen's, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was like the only Muslim, very few of us. And then it's like very few of us. And then it was like the Yemen's and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we was all Muslim. They, a lot of them Yemen's didn't speak English in elementary school, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I had to def- we def- I had to defend them like, man, that's they my Muslim people. You know what right. I'm saying? I do it on the street. It makes a lot, and uh, I pray. I just go. I just went in there. Probably didn't know about making a lot. You know what I'm saying? But I just went in there and prayed because that's where the Muslims used to go down the street um, from where I stayed at. So, yeah, I had my 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 journey um, through Islam is like kind of bizarre compared to other people because some people they never. A lot of times, people don't find a lot for themselves. They just find it because they was born into it. Mm. 
I'm not like that. I had to see myself. I never not believed in the law, but I be- didn't believe in some of them niggas. <laughs> and nigga shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. And that's, that goes for like every sort of spiritual faith, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, so. Um, I'm over here like. It's a, Allah? Right, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I, man. What yeah. I'm saying is, is that I, I, in my own spiritual path, which I'm not going to get into. You know, that's the biggest thing is finding finding it for myself because you can you can get you can get lost in other people's programs and that's, what their belief yeah. systems are and don't do this and don't do that but they back here doing this and doing that like the dogma the dogma it. and the and the um uh, hypocr- hypocrisy I don't like to say hypocrisy because in right. Islam hypocrisy is such a major word it's okay. like it's like it's it's, it's nothing terrible. worse than being a, being yeah. a like hypocrite. That, that's, that's but a the, 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 the misguides are the... Inconsistency. Inc- are, are the do as I say, not as I, not yeah. as I do, which mm-hmm. is a major part of basically like being a dictator and, a, and, a, and, and you a misgu- mm. use misguidance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a type of person... I, 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 went, I went through every single phase of being, trying to be righteous to a point where I, like, I just said, I threw my ass out, I'm just going to be me. Mm. But at the same time, I had to learn how to suppress certain desires. Mm. That's deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still talk shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mad, you, know? <laughs> you know, I still like to see like see my brothers. Like, I, I'm still intertwined with, like, I want people to get theirs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't chase tail like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't do drugs, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even saying I never not been in that shit because everybody number like man you was wild as hell dog you know what I'm saying but mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, you had know. a you got a path you got a path yeah and 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 that path I don't want to sound like I don't want to make it like it's just this this big glory story because it's, it's not mm-hmm. I'm still on it okay every other day I'm on some I want to be on some bullshit every, <laughs> you know what I'm saying every other day I want to put a play down you know what I'm saying every you. other day I. Sh- Every desire that I probably learn how to 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 fight off, you know what I'm saying, or deal with, they resonate every, all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, sometimes I be thinking, man, because I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed to be a better example. So I said, uh, I'd be scared if I do something, it probably won't be no coming back. Mm-hmm. Not saying I don't, I, I do stuff all the time. You know what I'm saying? Sinning is that's why I pray. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I don't want to make a certain this drastic decision that's going to not just affect me, but affect, you know what I'm saying, those that I, that look up to me. So, And there's a lot of people that look up to you because you work with youth and you're in the community and you're a figure, you know, a leader in our community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of, and, and can you talk about, like, working with young people? Because you work with young people, you know what I'm saying, and you're pretty impactful and pretty effective, like, mm-hmm. working with young people. Um, yeah, sometimes, but a lot, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that I, um, I don't never pay attention to that, you know what I'm saying, as far as impacting stuff like that until they say it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't be trying to do nothing special. Mm-hmm. Only time, only thing I try to do is bring awareness to ills, to, uh, to explain to them that you gonna mess up and just know that. It's a repercussion for every single thing you do. Hmm. You go like 
avoid it as much as you possibly can. The boys and girls, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like avoid it. Mm-hmm. You know, abstinence is 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 great. <laughs> You know, it's it it ain't great, but it's great. It will keep you out of a lot of trouble, boys and girls. No, I wouldn't wish a baby mama on the, the nobody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> As a woman, I For understand. Real. You feel me? I wouldn't wish that on nobody. I wouldn't wish. That. I won't. I don't want these dudes. Even that, if he don't have a, he's strapping up. I wouldn't wish him. I won't want my. I want my son to be no hoe. You know what I'm saying? I don't want them to be extra promiscuous and then tell my girls, um, wait till you marry, girl. I want the best of both. I want him to have the best of women just like I want my wife, my daughter to to have the best of, of a husband. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that they don't, they don't go far. I don't know what's going to happen. So when I talk to kids, I just say, be like, you know, I just tell them like, man, I know what you into. You know what I'm saying? And we sit and kick it. We kick it. Like, I don't talk to them like kids. Like, man, once you 15, 14, 15, 16 years old, you ain't know. You, you, you know, you know when you was 15. Yeah, I was just going to say, you were, I think you were saying, like, you remember you, what you was doing at 15. Man, I was some everything. You know I what I'm saying? I was praying and in church. <laughs> well, I actually was. <laughs> I'm so proud but I was of you. Also, I was also, I you was know. I was partying hardy. I was also in masjid, too. And it was interesting because I remember I used to go to church with, because that was when I was took yeah, my shahada, yeah. and I used to have to go to church because my grandma was like, I don't care. You're going to be in church with that rag on your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's funny you said you was a little bit of everything. Piper, you silly. You was a little bit of everything because when I think back to 14 and 15, I was, I was hooping. All I cared about was hooping, but at 14, 15, that's when... I would not, uh, you see the unibrow, I'm, 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 you know, withholding, but this was what it was. I wasn't getting eyebrows done, but I was easing <laughs> out of, I was easing out of that phase and starting getting cute. Yep, so yep. you already know what came with that. So. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Seriously. But it's, but it's interesting because, um, you know, uh, it's interesting too, because hip hop and, you know, this culture that you're a part of, you use that, you know what I'm saying, as mm-hmm. like a tool to relate to young people and it's interesting mm-hmm. that you're able to draw them in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what Hassan Moussi did too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Was able to use the arts and hip hop to like draw people in. It's a universal language. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a universal language is always like even if you don't even talk the same dialect, it's still love is always. You know what I'm saying? Like muse the arts is like People come together because of the arts, because of that they love this. You know what I'm saying? They have a, a mutual love. And so, you know what I'm saying? Going back to the spiritual standpoint, like, I love whoever I come in contact with. Unless That's my beautiful. energy, unless your energy's off, right. I, I, I trust my energy. Mm-hmm. I don't care what type of person you is. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I trust my energy. So if I don't, if I don't feel you, I'm not going to rock with you at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I give everybody the same love. You know, and a lot of that came from my father. A lot of that came from my my grandmother. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like so when I, cause my daddy was like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, with my pops. Everybody, like I said, that boutique, Maurice Malone, all the people used to come. They used to sit and talk to him for hours. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they, I was wondering, like, man, and I didn't realize, like, cause you know what I'm saying? Back in the day, you like your parents is. 
sometime public enemy number one to you. Hilarious. You know what I'm saying? But my daddy was cool, man. I, I really wish like I had him in my adult years. For, oh, adult years. Yeah, because okay. he died when I was 19. Mm. So, and I see the effect that I had on my little brother. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. my pops, my pops was that, uh, he was important, man. And so, I have to, because he, man, he, 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 he left a legacy. Like he he like he wrote like a little bio. He's trying to get his car. I, I I found it and I got it myself. And he mm. like he started all these organizations. He talked about his story, how he wrote from Motown, mm. and how they messed him over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then like I heard the story where that affected him. Like it was like he had demons he could never really uh, conquer. You mm. know what I'm saying? So I come from a good pedigree. That man, he loved God. He loved the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then as I got older. And I saw them, um, you know, Luke Mon being around him, mm. you know, and molding me like Iman Luke Mon. He like you see a lot of leaders they they don't mold people. Okay. They don't really like they don't really like give like you see when you see like a lot of the Muslim community yeah. and you see myself, you see Mu, you see why you see even though you know what I'm saying people that they that they Iman Mikhail. Journalists, mm-hmm. people that's moving around, the seeds come from Iman Lukman. Can you um, just explain in case people don't know who um, our beloved Iman Lukman is? Uh, may Allah be pleased with him. I mean, um, Iman Lukman was the he was an Iman leader of a community, um, a downtrodden community on the west side of Detroit. Um, he was a freedom fighter. Um, he was a Believer, he was a truth teller. Mm. That's the best way to say he was a truth teller. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times truth tellers in this country is they normally become enemy of the state. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, it's kind of hard to talk about it a lot of times, right? Um, but just know that he he was, built up. Can you talk about what he like how he? Or what he did, like in the community, like he built. He up the, uh, started um, soup kitchens like thirty years ago when nobody was doing it. Hmm. Um, he gave that community, even though we didn't have a lot over there, they didn't have a lot over there. He made them extremely respected. And this is like Joy Road, Jero Dexter, mm-hmm. this YBI, and and, and, and all Young Boys Incorporated, and Zone Eight, and all that over there. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And the Muslims were highly respected over there. Mm-hmm. They, they had they it was wars you know what I'm saying. If but, you guys don't know, um, YBI is Young Boys Incorporated mm-hmm. Zone Eight. Um, those are um, community organizations. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, community organizations that that was around the community that did community stuff. Mm-hmm. Bless them. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> you know, this, that was just their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so, yeah, they um, you know, but there was a neighborhood, but it was all love. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I ain't talking about like. Stuff like that was all love. Like he made a, a respect because he was such that type of person. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then so a lot of brothers came in when they go back to the hip hop. Yeah, that was our that was the mosh that was the mosh shit. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like even with the, the Janis, you had Imam Salim stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It was those because they was Imam Lukman was walking in. He did not make people feel like they didn't mm. belong. Okay, everybody was welcome. You know, because again, he was a man. He was a man of the people, and so 
he talked to us, kicking with us, you know what I'm saying? His favorite rappers was um Tupac and, mm-hmm. and Scarface. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was relatable. Huh? He liked the realness. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Moo would tell you, like he liked the realness. And that's Moo's dad. That's Moo's father. Mm. And Omar. Yeah. And that's my son's grandfather, you know. Okay. So um Yeah, like he was just like that. And so he wasn't a really a talkative person, but he would he talk. You gonna listen because he demanded, but he wasn't. A, he wasn't loud. He wasn't a little, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But Boster, he was just like that type of person. He demanded, commanded the room, but he had so much love in him, man. He loved the people so much, so much, man. May Allah be pleased with him and and and, and to give him the highest level of Jenna. You know what yes. I'm saying? And mm-hmm. he he, we didn't understand it. But now that we older, we pushing forty. Some of us is in. Day 40s, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. now we know that our what he was preparing us for. Mm. And a lot of time with a lot of like I said, a lot of imams, a lot of these leadership in the city, they did not prepare nobody for nothing. Like they don't have like when you see like all the people you name, Imam Lukman had played that much of that of a part in their life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're from Haas. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, like the seas, the seas of Iman Lukman is a beautiful thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and and, and the only thing in that he all he planned that we gonna to love these people and 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 give them give them the dawa, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the teaching. That's right. Invite them to Allah. And um, when we had we had Imam um, Dawood Walid on on mm-hmm. um, the previous episode, he explained to us what happened um, to um, our beloved. And so thank you for giving us the beginning. You know, like the fruits. Mm-hmm. Of you know of of what he um, brought to the community, so um, now another thing that we uh, that I wanted to um, to talk about. Let's talk about Moo because that's his son, yeah. and Moo is a great brother. That's another one of our that's my, that's beloved my, brothers. My, I'm gonna have to bring him on here. He's my, hilarious. That's my, that's my ace, man. Yeah. Um, let's talk about. I wanted to go back a little bit more to the hip hop because I wanted to understand um, how you guys were able to. Work with, um, you know, Beanie Siegel and Yo Gotti and Freeway. You know what I'm saying? Like, how how were you able to um, work with these artists? A lot of our connections came through just us being real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, wasn't nothing. Like, when Head was talking, Head was like, Head was like, oh, man, I'll be seeing him, like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like that. I, I maybe that's the culture of Detroiters. We like we I was ain't just gonna ask you that. It's two different types of Detroit. We got the D riders, and then we got the ones <laughs> who want to be pressed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so we wonder why people normally gravitate to the people who ain't pressed. Right. You know what I'm saying? When it comes down to, to to the realness, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of time how we really we just connected with people. It was never. It was always organic. Mm-hmm. All all every relationship that we ever built was organic. Like some. Maybe we like when we was in our CIGM phase, like with me and Wada, we was running it, that stuff like that. Money was involved, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. now with freedom, like free would do stuff for the love, and you know I can I got free phone. I can I can you know what I'm saying? Text him or call him. I don't I really don't rock and like I don't be like free with doing like that. But I'm saying like <laughs> I can contact yeah. with him. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, beans like we got connected to like a um, couple people, but for the most part. It just been genuine, like man. Shh. Got so many people that come through the hood, man. Um, again, we say like, proof to come right down the street. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like even when he was signed, pick us up, holler. We go out to Rochester. Where, 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 where we stayed at? We just go out to his house. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Watch the fights and had his little before he had his little range and he had his little um, gray 
suburban everybody's riding. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> P was P was the P was the realest, but you know, we um established these connections just being like being like solid dudes, you know what I'm saying? And again, mm-hmm. I go back to the just go back to the teachings of the of the dean, and also go back to um because to the because t- they're to all Muslim, Lukman. huh? They're mostly Muslim. Everybody Muslim, beans free. Um, that's yeah, they Muslim. The whole mm-hmm. state prop, you know what I'm saying? So we connected them anyway. Right. Like the songs we get, we say steak prop, CI Gym, connect, you know what I'm saying? Like the ox, you know what I'm saying? There's one song you were playing me, I never heard. I, I guess I need to really strongly listen more to Beanie's lyrics, but he literally was in there professing his love for Most his, of yeah. all his songs is like that. He got something, but he was the first one talking about, um, he said, I know he said, he said, I know you all on your dean, Mark. I ain't on mine. Stop it, Aki, before I split shots. I never knew what he was talking about. <laughs> See, I don't even. Y'all laughing. I don't even. But Imagine I see him say ox. <laughs> he was going through it like the ox went through it. Like especially when you're trying to. It's it's hard. It's 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 a lot of part of the reason why I left because it's it's, it's kind of tedious on your um, spirituality. The business is, is nasty, and I ain't never really. I ain't never had success like that. You know what I'm saying? But being around it. And you can see the evil. Yeah. <laughs> you can Feel physically it. see the evil. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and people can... I don't give a care if you're a conscious rapper. There's yeah. A lot of them frauds. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they do the same stuff. Everybody like, man, ain't no... Con- the conscious is what you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, and what you want to yeah. continue to learn. Exactly. Or do. Ain't, ain't no, you ain't no, no pedestal right. because mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing and you fake about it. At least mm. they ain't real. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It ain't no right. Ain't no right. It's right it is wrong. Ain't no right on the mic and then jive turkey off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you've worked with some amazing people. And I love how you put it. I've never heard anyone put up how... I've never heard anyone put it the way you put it when you talk about Islam being the glue to hip hop. Islam is the foundation. I don't care what nobody say. Islam is the foundation of hip hop. And that goes back you if you can say you start with the nation, but the nation got the they ground from from Prophet Muhammad. You know what I'm saying? And because the nation like you can't have any realms of hip hop, any realms of, of Islam without Prophet Muhammad. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so they can say Malcolm, but Malcolm got his teaching from somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And his teacher got his teaching from somebody. And all that go right back to the to, to to Islam. And we call it we call it the fifth element, which is the most important, it's the glue element, which is the knowledge itself. Mm-hmm. And so some of the five percenters they can say, you know what I'm saying, as far as the that, they can take it, claim to it. The nation is Islam. You know what I'm saying? They can take claim mm-hmm. to it, but at the same time, it's still Islam. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so like I said before, I mean, like I said off when we was off of it, like take it, take the knowledge itself out the elements of hip hop. What you got? It's a party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a damn party. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, you literally have a party. That shit, that shit die quick. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the jazz culture. Like it's not even like it's not even really. What is, what is the jazz culture? People say jazz culture. What is the jazz culture? Party. It's like music and party and just listening to the, the you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But hip hop, we have living, breathing culture where we are like, and they've been trying to take it from us for forever. 
but you came because it's, it's the streets. Mm-hmm. It's the streets and it's the knowledge itself. Mm-hmm. And so you can, they can try to give it to anybody they want to, but at the same time, the streets going to be, the streets, is the, the, the post of hip hop is the streets. Mm-hmm. The foundation of hip hop is Islam. And so, um, you know, like the blue. And so without, like without that, you can't say like, man, I'm living this. I live hip, I live, eat, sleep, sleep. Hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you know what I'm saying? So that's knowledge yourself because you knowledge, you have knowledge, you have a consciousness of knowing that this is what you live in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you live in this. Why? What you doing? What you mean you live in it, bro? I talk it. What you okay? How you doing? I walk it, bro. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, break it down for me. So, you a DJ? No, I ain't no DJ. You rap? Nah. I just love hip hop, yo. What you love about it? I just love the way we do, the way we talk, the way we this, the way we that. Like, like brother, that's like we really got a culture. You know what I'm saying? And like this, we we should be proud. Even from like when Cap be like, I mean, into like some of these immigrants and some Africans and stuff like that. And they see like dumb stuff like you and y'all ain't got no culture. I'm like nigga, you it you 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 following my culture. I don't want to be like you. Mm. You the one got your hat like mine. You know what I'm saying? You wearing your clothes like me. You trying to talk my slang. You know what I'm saying? So like, and again, we can get off of it. We can go and then go back. You know what I'm saying? Not be mumbling, but we can go um, go back to the again to to the knowledge itself. The knowledge is the confidence. Mm. Hip hop give you a confidence. Mm. Confidence in hip hop, ain't you? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it give you that confidence. It give you a swagger. Talk about you, like you like you were saying you listen to uh, not to cut you off but you like a little bit of everything you don't hate on the new school but I love them you know they get that they they want I think the reason why we stay connected to them is because they stay true to that confidence these mm-hmm. dudes could be sleeping on a they'll tell you sleeping on a cot a year ago they get that first check they taking care of their people yeah. you know what I'm saying and 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 that come from the like belief in themselves like. Hip hop changed so many people's lives. It changed our lives. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure if we ain't had hip hop, what what would we what would you be doing without hip hop? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't even imagine what I and I, I don't even, I'm not even in hip hop like that. Like that. You know what I'm saying? As far as like I am, everybody know me. I what I'm into. But I mean, <laughs> I'm, you know I get- what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? I'm not like into industry stuff like that right now. You know? But at the same time, like you can't nobody tell me like I ain't hip hop. You know, mm-hmm. and and I would tell you straight, I'm straight up hip hop, and I ain't I ain't talking about the rapping. No, I don't. I ain't talking about extreme bars and and technique and rapping like Rakim. I'm talking about the living, breathing, eating, man manifestation of the culture. That's me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and I get and that is founded, rooted in Islam because that's where it's come from. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not Malcolm. Malcolm gave us that. You know, Malcolm gave us that. Elijah Muhammad gave us that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like Malcolm, Malcolm Elijah Muhammad, Farrakhan, Imam Worf Dean, the last poets, mm. H. Rap Brown, Imam Jamil, Free Imam Jamil. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Gil Scott Heron. You know, um, wow. these people that play such a major part that we don't really try to speak on mm-hmm. with hip hop no more. But uh, you can't deny that. Like I said. Okay, not but I don't know. I don't know if Gil Scott Heron would, but at the same time, Elijah Muhammad, 
Clarence 13X, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, Farrakhan, mm-hmm. Malcolm, 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 for the most part, because a lot of Zulu nations, a lot of his teachings, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, was mm-hmm. like the basis of them. Um, and it was in a lot of records. Too. Exactly. Yeah. He was on records. So they studied him. Mm-hmm. That's how they squashed, like, like, all you got to do is go back and study Zulu nation, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so by the, when they got through the, through the, with the party phase, they went to the conscious, so the, so the conscious phase, you know, and the conscious phase, New York. You know, he had Malachi York. I still, he like, he was as extremist as he was, he still was rooted in Islam. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of them rappers back in, they was, uh, what, they, what was they called back? The Nubian, the um, Nuwabian. Nuwabians, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Ansar Allah. Ansar Allah. Yeah, Ansar. Yeah, they was. Ansar Aset. Yep. And so, mm-hmm. but you know, like Jazz O, like all, like a lot of mm-hmm. them, even OMF Doom, he was with his brother. You know what I'm saying? They was into that. Islam, you know, uh, I remember Kwame, remember Kwame back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he said he was rapping. He said, Slumber. I was like, ah, oh, we was happy. To, I was happy to hear Kwame, you know what I'm saying? He was like, Shout you oh. out. You no, know, he shot the Dean and shot Islam. Kind of, exactly, you know what I'm saying? Dean, then you know, Big Daddy Kane talking about Slum Alaikum mm-hmm. at the end of Ain't No Half Step. And I'm like, oh, we out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm eight, nine years old. <laughs> but I'm dope. like, man, we, we felt it, connected. Because you already knew, like, in your family, as a Muslim, you was. You was alienated. You was only like Muslim. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Now it's more common to have more than one Muslims in your family. But back then, like, it was like only your family. Mm-hmm. I'm still only, we still only Muslims in my family, mm-hmm. you know? So to hear Big Daddy Kane, to hear Rakim, to hear um, 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 Khalid Muhammad on, on Ice Cube CD, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, most deaf. Most, was, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's later on. Yeah. Most deaf, like, but we was grown back then when most deaf came right. out. So we was like, you know, we was like, okay, most Muslim. Mm-hmm. He Muslim. Then Beans came, the whole um, state prop movement. Mm-hmm. A lot of them old heads, even for Philly, was Muslim back in the day. So, like, the found, like, even to take it to the next level. When you had like with the carrots when all them blew up, mm-hmm. like Islam was there. Like the biggest artist was Surah in Islam from Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, Kwame, um, e- P- Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Who was bigger than Public Enemy back right. in the late eighty, early nineties? Mm-hmm. Islam. Mm-hmm. And so you you can't do that, and then we have to school these kids on the fifth element, even if they don't want to acknowledge the religious standpoint, which we know anybody with real knowledge of the of hip hop know. Still give them knowledge yourself. Mm. Still teach self confidence. Still knowing. Still get to know Marcus Garvey. Mm. Still get to know Noble mm. Juwali. You know what I'm saying? Still get to know. You guys should do a documentary. That would be out cold. <laughs> of Detroit hip hop. There's a, there's a couple uh, coming out. No, of uh, the rooted the rootness in of Islam and hip hop. I haven't never seen one. I feel like there's there's people working on that. Okay, I'm gonna look. We, I'm gonna look we it up. talked about it. We I'm talked. It, it we talked about. I just it. feel like that would be so cool. But mm-hmm. and everybody got their own story. Like even mm-hmm. like Dawood, he was he told his story. Like hip hop, a lot of prominent people in hip hop. I mean, in, in like in like in religion now. Hip hop brought them, them in there. Mm, yeah. Dawood, one of them. Like, you, you could tell all these stories. They're like, yeah. man. Um, <laughs> like, a lot of prominent scholars right now in Islam took, mm-hmm. became Muslim because of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. The autobiography of Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? And so, hip hop is so, it's so, like, you can't separate Islam and hip hop. Mm-hmm. You, can, you, can, you can try, Thank but you me. can't. The history mm-hmm. is too deep. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And you mm-hmm. add, go ask a lot of these old emails that's like, in they like early forties, late early, you know what I'm saying, late forties, forties and fifties. They like, mm-hmm. man, 
this record brought me to Islam. Right. Grand Puba. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't know, like, again, we didn't know all these different diatribes of, of, the, of the different religions. You know what I'm saying? Like, the 5% of the stuff. All we know is Allah, Salaam Alaikum, you know what I'm saying? All the rest of that stuff, the separate, all that stuff came in later on, but saying Salaam Alaikum, wow, let me go look this up. What that mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Allah, who is Allah? What that mean? And so that's how you get a lot of, like, a lot of these prominent leaders right now, is they here because of um, hip-hop. Wow. And so um I want to I want to go a little bit different mm-hmm. but um you talked before about like well like when we were offline we talked a little bit about um some of your I don't want to say your personal life but like you know <laughs> like you're a husband and you're a dad you know what I'm saying you're about to be a dad again and um can you talk a little bit about like that part of your life Whatever you could share that you want to share with people. Uh, the beauty of that. <laughs> the beauty is the struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a beautiful struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm a father of three teenagers and, and, and a tweener. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so none of them like me, you know. None <laughs> of them like you. You know. Um, they love you. They love I know. Me, but, uh, you know, um, that, my... my Got a little little homie coming through in a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So basically, that's like a newer, new start for mm-hmm, me. Because mm-hmm. again, back like when my kids was younger, mm-hmm. I was in different phases. Okay, you know what I'm saying one second I'm like the the best thing, or the next second I'm in the nigga world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and um. But one thing I do with my kid, I give all. It's the only thing I ever said. I didn't know where I was gonna be. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I was like so deep in the street because I wasn't like that. But I was, uh, you know, death is around. So I like I don't know. I always pray like, man, all I want to do is get my kids the game. That's what I said. And when I'm at the game, I want to talk about like I want to give them survival jewels, but I also want to give them situations like learn from like my mistakes. Mm. And so. You know, um, it's been man like Beyonce. You have great kids though. Uh, I think they're cool people. They're cool people. They they good and they good. I don't know because of me. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just naturally who they are. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, because when I was their age, shit, I was thinking about being grown as hell. So they um, they're definitely children. They are children. Yeah, and I they're not in these streets. Every single day, I said, please. And not just for my kids, I tell all kids, like, don't be in a rush to get grown. This ain't, this, <laughs> like, be a kid as much as you can. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. be a kid, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's. I, I'm happy that I be thinking, like, man, go outside. You know what I'm saying? I do, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, and I think about myself, like, man, maybe it's a good thing in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't mm-hmm. that, because these kids are still, these kids ain't no different than we was kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just like. Only thing now is like a major lack of of um co ain't no ain't no code of ethics now. So mm. we had something like the OGs was back in the day. You know what I'm saying? They would make sure that everybody was taken care of. Mm. They wouldn't they wouldn't be out here like OGs now was thirty. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, OGs back in the day was twenty one because everybody was getting killed back. You know what I'm mm. saying? But you know what I'm saying? But like now the OGs is thirty and they still want to do like Peter Pan. Yeah, that's what hip hop and that's that's the negative side of hip hop. We gonna go there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The Peter Pan syndrome. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like thirty is super young now. 
Mm-hmm. Remember back in the day, you was thirty. You was, you was live. You was you live twenty lives. You know right. what I'm saying? Thirty is considered super young now. Right, right. Which is uh, ain't nothing wrong with it, but at the same time, like the maturity level ain't really expected. Mm. You know, ain't no so again, ain't no balance. There's mm. no balance. Like now that I'm, I was looking at my mom when she was 38, and I was like, man, she old as hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm, I'm 38, and I'm like, the ignorance is still there. So now I like, I don't fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. I'm still ignorant. Mm. Not ignorant to a point like I'm a fool. I mean, ignorant. I know it's a lot of stuff I just don't know, mm. and I have no. I, I'm not ashamed to say that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so. Back to my children, I just wanted, even with stuff like this, like anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? With, with something like this, they can go back and it's like, man, daddy, he, all, all I wanted for them was the best, make the best decisions that's not going to hurt them and hinder them in the long run. You know, don't tell them, I told my son, like I tell my daughter, don't be no fool for nobody. Mm. Don't, um, you know, um, don't jump in anything. Like my boy, don't jump in anything. Mm-hmm. The same way we tell the girl. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because uh, women destroy lives too. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it's like these dudes be out here scheming on. They girls be out here scheming on. You know what I'm saying? That dude, mm-hmm. they could take your life from you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and um, I want the best for. I want the best for everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's for mm-hmm. I want them to just make the better decisions that. Use my downfalls, you know what I'm saying? Because I've said downfalls, I'm gonna, I won't go say like bad. Decisions. My downfalls, I failed, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I'm still trying, I'm still right to this day trying to climb out certain holes. Mm. I don't want you to ever get into that. Mm. If you don't want to go to college, okay, go get you a trade, you know what I'm saying? I wish I'd go back, I wish, wish to God I would have stayed in school, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, I wish I would have been more. Consistent in my drive as far as my decision making when I had the situation with the, the labels, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I want them to make better, be consistent in good decisions. That's what's up. That's it. And you have a great <laughs> wife. I'm Leela. Let's shout. Person. Let's shout her out. Shout out to Keija. Yeah, she's about to deliver a little baby. The little homie. How far along you think she is? Huh? She she uh November. Early, okay. early on them. So that's so like a month. Within this roughly. month. Probably within the next like six weeks. Sixty days. Not sixty days, um forty days. Okay. Well congratulations. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> to you. Thank you. And um yeah, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like that's really beautiful. Yeah. Like this is a good time right now for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? About to re y'all about to recreate <laughs> yourselves. Yeah, that's the thing, but man, just dealing with just the everyday struggles, man. And the one thing about it, like, you know, you know, I don't like it's not we you people say, Oh, I'm so excited. As a man, sometimes <laughs> as a man, like mm-hmm. all we think about how I'm gonna take care of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like my kids are something, but I ain't I I, I never go. I'm one of the best. I'm not the best at nothing. You know what I'm saying? All I want to do is leave, like make sure that whatever I messed up with with the with them kids, my older kids, man, I don't want my my son to go through it, the baby to go through that. Or even if I had kids, some of kids out of line. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't want the other children to feel like, man, daddy was bold. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So my whole stress is like right now, it's like Taking care of them, 
Because my baby, about my oldest day, baby, she about to graduate. Mm. Okay, congratulations to <laughs> you. Yeah, that's, you this is just like, okay. So as one leave, <laughs> one's another coming one in. enter. Okay. You know, so she about to be like a, a sister mama. Oh, <laughs> you a trip. <laughs> nah, she ain't going to do that. She like, what? Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, nah, but. Um, and she's kind of, she's more like a, a kid. She is prissy. Let's say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, my baby, baby. She twelve. She, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. But my my oldest, she, no, nah, she grown. She ain't like she a kid. She's a seventeen. That's what I'm kid. saying. She's yeah, a kid. Like she 17. ain't in these streets. Hell no. Like she she's a be. she's a kid. Like I she's, consider her a kid. Kid like a cool because kid. Because she seen her you know daddy. She seen like you know what I'm saying. Like what a situation we had with her mama, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Like she seen her daddy. She was everywhere with me. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like she was my shadow, and then mm. the situation happened with her mom. Like you know, I lost some, some shit happened, and so the other baby, you know what I'm saying, the young younger than her, she was came my shadow when other kids got took away. So like they, they she, the older one, she seen all the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so she be like, she like, I be like, man, you want to do this? She like, hell no, nah. like, no, no. <laughs> No, you know what I'm saying. That's cool. No. Yeah, I had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we we we. I mean, we got we got a teenager, daddy daughter relationship. Like we like, I wish it can be closer. You know what I'm saying. But at the same time, I I don't. She don't. She know I love her with all mm-hmm. everything in my soul. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Every single bone in my body, she know I love her. I'm here. Mm. And so, I don't force nothing. Like we, you know what I'm saying? Like none of my, like I don't force nothing, and so I just like let them be, you know. And I and I let ask them questions, and I let them be. Mm-hmm. I talk to them, I let them be. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not a. Um, I talk, but I don't. Anybody, anybody really, really know? I don't talk like that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I observe more so than I talk. Mm-hmm. But when I do start talking, then I, you know what I'm saying? We gonna keep it. We gonna keep it. Keep it real G. But mm-hmm. yeah, like so with them. Even with now with the um, baby and my wife, like it's it's the, the struggle. It's a beautiful struggle. Like I wouldn't trade nothing. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, man, I just gotta really get back on my shit. <laughs> you know That's what I'm saying? Like get back on my shit. And it's somebody, like rejuvenating. Yeah, yeah, my whole mind right now is to hustle. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I got a job, so I'm working my job. And like every time I'm thinking, I'm like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what I'm going to do? But then I'll be thinking my mind like, man, scared money don't make no money. There right. you go. So. That's how I feel. But I know, I like, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I went through a certain struggle, so I had to climb back out. So I'm using this as a tool. Mm. And then at the same time, I'm preaching it. Mm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I am, I'm not minimum wage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I make enough to pay some bills. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But at the same time, it ain't mine like I want it to be. Gotcha. I, I done taste. You know what I'm saying? I, I done, You know what I'm saying? So. I just really my 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 hustle. So, little homie, give me a little di- different strive and hustle. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. I keep thinking about like you know. Shouts out to the little homie coming through. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right, we we waiting on you. Yeah, yes. he, that's gonna be a little chocolate drop. Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Little King, I call I call him little Shocker. That's not his name though, but little King. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, it's just like just just keep. Pray for me, man, because yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm at a I'm at the I don't know phase. Nah, but, you all right. You know what I'm saying? And so You got a whole community. Yeah. Mm. I'm good people, man. And, mm-hmm. and thank you for everything. But we really gotta go like go back to the community, man. Like I'm I'm a firm believer in the village. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I believe in the aunties. I believe in the uncles. Mm-hmm. I call my elders aunties and uncles. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I call my my adopted fathers pops. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, I believe in the foundation of of of, of like strong family. Like, even if sometimes I don't get along with my own family. Like they know I love them. You know, but and we. My family is not big. It's so much bigger than blood. Mm-hmm. My family is, you know, my my. It's a lot of us. Mm-hmm. A lot of us grew up with each other. It's a lot of us that grew with each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I believe in the village. You know what I'm saying? I believe in in in, in the love that that can be given, and also like understand that like ain't nothing can nothing happen by yourself. Wow. So any so my my children. Their good values come from being around good people, you know, even when I fail. Mm-hmm. And um, my good values come from my foundation before my grandma, my daddy, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. But it comes from just being around Imam Lukman, Imam Salim, mm-hmm. you know, um, Imam Elamine, mm-hmm. um, Mama to hear all the aunties in the community. I love the aunties. I love everything they give me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. love sitting with them mm-hmm. and talking with them mm-hmm. and, and 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 learning from them. Eating their food. Eating all their food. <laughs> for free. Right? All the while, them niggas panning, they mad. <laughs> I ain't panning. No, he was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love I love the sisters. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just love the people. And so, couple of cats, couple of cats I don't like, but that's hilarious. <laughs> that's cats, all of us, you know what I'm that's saying? Everyone. Couple of cats I don't even play with, but yeah. same time I don't, I don't, I don't not love them. Mm-hmm. I love, you know what I'm saying? Like if I if I loved you once, I love you forever. Right. That don't mean I gotta rock with you. Right. But you know I don't want, I don't want you to die. Right. I, I, we just ain't gonna be in the same place. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And that's good advice. You know what I'm saying? Like to keep that sometimes that's how you keep peace. It's just mm-hmm. stay away. Stay away. Yeah. Stay away. I am learning. Stay yeah. away. And 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 you at I mean, how do you you say you twenty eight? You at the you at the age where like you and and what they call that the quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> that's a difficult it is a difficult time because you at a point where you you think you know who you are? You finding yourself? Your spirituality going up, going with the places, and like once you get to till thirties, you like the the less you give a care, like it goes like it, like okay, I just don't fuck, I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, your molecular structure yeah. <laughs> changes every seven years. Yeah, so. like whatever, like okay, so you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and it, it's a good feeling to not care like that, mm-hmm. like. You can always care. I mean, don't care what people let people um, dictate your uh, path. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Don't let people dictate your path unless they really helping you. Like, mm. let the, you will learn what real love is. Do you run this is around the age you start learning what real love is? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It ain't got nothing to do with the dude. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of times, got to do with the people around you, mm-hmm. and you have to be strong enough to say no, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, like no, like no, no. Sometimes no is really difficult to say to folks because it's like, especially 
if you're a person who um, is like a person who really cares a lot about people or loves people mm-hmm. a lot and people will be like, can you come help me with this? Or can you come do this? Or can you come, can, you know, I need this from you or I need that from you. And sometimes no, it's just like a really, really stressful, like difficult it, thing to like tell once folks. You, once you master the art of it, it feels so good. Um, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 46 and I'm still <laughs> uncomfortable with telling people no. I love it. Like, no. I still it's, it's, a, it. it's a thing where nope. I, when I was younger, <laughs> it used to be real bad where I would feel like I would get that stress and anxiety if I felt like I needed to tell somebody no. And I would try to like create and craft all these different ways how I would make 10 things work when I only knew I could really make three work. Yeah. Maybe it's just been an asshole in me. I've been an asshole for a long time. That's hilarious. You know what I'm saying? No, but so. you, you Well, were, that's called boundaries. Yeah, you're a beautiful you know, businessman. Like, yeah. I mean, and I'm trying I'm to a, become a, I'm trying to become a, not to say it like yeah, that, but, but I'm, I'm saying. I'm I'll take that. I'm a jerk. Everybody, my mama's like, man, I, I, she, she can't stand me. You know what that's I'm hilarious. saying? I am super a jerk, but I'm, I'm. I'm I'm nicer now, but I but. also understand what you're saying. Like, to, I mean, just a uh, multiply how many times a year? If I say I'm I can only do two things, but I'm doing ten. Multiply yeah. how much dam- damage control. Yeah, I'm I mean, you, time me. I'm wasting. Mm-hmm. When go, I'm I'm a hamster on a wheel at that point. Right. So yeah. I do need to, you know, you and, get you, it. and you can't pri- you can't you are not a priority if you not if you not have a, if you don't learn the art of no. Agreed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. don't mean you got to be like a, a, a shithead all the time and just every time somebody flip my open their mouth just like, no 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 no. <laughs> no I mean to, like you yeah. have to say like one of my teachers said like the greatest. The most, the wisest person, the wisest person once said, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Man, nobody asks you a question, the wisest person in the room will say, I don't, if they don't know something, they're going to say, I don't know. If mm. you know that you can't do something, that's you true. got two options. You can say no, <laughs> or you can say, I don't know, but I'll help you find, find somebody that can help you that's, out. That's mm-hmm. real. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. not that, when I, when I got to that point, I'm like, I'm have no my confidence in saying like I got insecure like everybody else, but at the same time like I am secure in saying no. I'm secure in saying I don't know. I'm secure in saying I don't. I I'm not. I'm not secure in saying I'm not. I don't want to say I can't. You know what I'm saying? I don't right, want. Right, I, don't, right. I don't want can't in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But I do. I can say I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. But you're right. Finding like both of y'all said, finding that balance. Yeah. So, we we've been talking a lot about a lot of different types of things. I wanted to move to um, something that's really important. Um, well, before we move to that, I wanted you to talk about. You said October the twentieth. You have something coming up. That's yeah, really important. Uh, we're working on it right now. Like I'm part of this collective uh, called Ansar Collective. It's a group of men, Muslim brothers, where we our main goal is to bring um, a tangible tangible religion, the dean, to our people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Relatable um, group of scholars. This Imam Dawood is one of them. Scholars. You know, um, activists, um, organizers, mm-hmm. uh, elder, with Imam, um, uh, Imam Salim, um, Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya, Sheikh Kafani. And our main goal is our people. Mm-hmm. Not, that's not saying other people can't be involved but our main goal is to direct our people to, we need our people to know that 
there's brothers out here that love them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, we did a Hill of Hearts Holocaust. We did things where Montana, like, we talk about real issues. We make the religion relatable because that's what it's supposed to be anyway. You got to mm-hmm. go to the hearts of the people. Our main objective is to bring the hearts, is, is to target the hearts of the people. Okay. So, um, on the 20th, we, we're in discussion. Let's say that. So, the 20th, meet us over at um, 7810 um, Southfield Freeway, Darachma. We're going to have a, a basically like a family dinner, and we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about like family structure, family, like the importance of family, um, relatability, uh, foundation, just basically the basic stuff just to make us be better people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 um, relatable. So that's like, that's, that's what we into. That's what the Ansar Collective is into. And, you know, you see, probably you see like a lot of times, you see the flyer, like we just, that's our main objective. And alhamdulillah, with myself, you know, I'm Dawood, Imam Salim, um, Khaled, um, Sheikh Kafani, Sheikh Abdul Kareem, Brother Jabril, Brother Saifullah, Brother Shakir, uh, Brother Khalil Mookman, you know, who do chill, don't kill. Like, our main thing is to bring chivalry back to the religion. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't never. Like, Prophet Muhammad's the most chivalrous, chivalrous person, you know what I'm saying, ever. Mm-hmm. And so bring chivalry not to a point where it's like where we, you know, open doors and put the, you know what I'm saying? I'm not chivalry as far as let the people know, people know we care. It's men that care. Mm. It's men that that going to be out here and we're going to be men about it, you know? And we all got different stories, you know? Like, all of us got different stories. Deep, you know? But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, Nobody like you. Oh, you with that brother? He's the beautiful to do that, 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 that. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Everybody talking bad about everybody. But at the same time, like we men who really just want trying to put it, reestablish manhood. And we talk about man. We talk about sh- uh, being chivalry. Chivalry. We talk about respectability. We talking about being honorable. You know what I'm saying? We talk about giving a sister's confidence to somebody, believing somebody. You know, mm. as far as you know, protecting, um, giving them the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, like being like being bringing the humanity, exactly. A real man, like you know, the, the whole toxic masculinity thing going on and all that. I understand the primitive, you know what I'm saying? I understand where it's coming from, but I'm like, toxic is toxic. You can masculinity, femininity, you run toxic people, with toxic people, you gotcha. know. <laughs> you know what so I'm just saying? get rid of the toxic, yeah, get the it, it, get that toxicity, kill the toxic, here. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like. And so I like, and every time you think about manhood mm-hmm. from American stand, Western standpoint, mm-hmm. it's all toxic anyway. Well, well, that's coming from a white supremacist. Exactly. So when you think about yeah. manhood, masculinity from a spiritual perspective, it's the exact opposite of Western society. Kyle, what's the biggest culture thing? Cowboys. Um, gangsters. <laughs> well, all this like killing and yeah. violence. Um, extreme like trying to dominate. Extreme other um, um, womanizing. Like mm-hmm. we all love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People like the opposite sex. You know what I'm saying? So, excuse <clears throat> me, not with that, but like with that, it don't mean that you got to go after every woman you see. You know what I'm saying? It don't mean that you got to beat them. It's like people like suppress yourself. Like learn how to how to handle things. Like. All this stuff from the, from the Bob Dylan, from you know, I'm not Bob Dylan. What's that? Uh, Matt Dylan and, and stuff like that. Um, all these cowboys and wild dudes. That is the that's masculinity in this culture. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, putting a face like putting a face to it, like making this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can tell like when you. No, I mean that's just the culture. This culture is this culture is naturally toxic. Mm. That's what toxic toxic masculinity. Right, yeah. toxic masculinity is is embedded in us. Like we don't we have to re. We have to relearn what masculinity is, or what any type of type of being a human, a, a, a loving human is in this culture, because it teaches one second you say to get the wife, the kid, and the white picket fence. The next second it's telling you, you know, you watch TV, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, smoke, smoke, do drugs, party all day, grab her up, you know what I'm saying? Um, fight if he get out of hand, kill him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like they that's 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 embodiment. I mean, even hip hop. You know, it's mm-hmm. the like it's it is so. Toxic. Just get this toxic stuff. Remove out of our culture. Put toxic out of ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard, but at the same time, like if you got people around you that 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 when love is the target of your heart is and people is targeting hearts, it's 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 attainable. So, um, and then in talking about. Um, Removing toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to move forward to. Um, we talked to, last week to um, to Imam um, Dawu Ali about the um, justice for Dulla case and everything, mm-hmm. and um, we talked about you know that there's the uh, the crowdfunding that's currently going on, and um, I know you probably can't talk about any of the the legal things or anything like that. And he kind of broke down um, like what actually happened. Um, I wanted to know within the community, uh, what all, you know, are you looking for in terms of support? Like how can people support, you know what I'm saying? Um, one of the best ways to support is to, you know, try to just be aware, you know, just keep paying attention to what's going on. Um, I know the approach is a little bit different than normally what's happened when the police killings happens is a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? A lot of mm-hmm. times not really making headlines like that because of the way the media is doing. Like mm-hmm. it's like a blackout basically. Um so which we know why. You know, mm-hmm. but um the thing is that keep his name alive. I like I don't like a lot of people are like, you know what I'm saying, like Justice for Doula, Just for Doula Beard. Doula Beard is his nickname. His name is that yeah. behind him. You know what I'm saying? But we called him Doula Beard when we was a kid, you know what I'm saying, growing up. So Doula Beard, but um Tweeted to keep his name alive. Okay. And then like like Dawood, you know what I'm saying, and his family and, and Uncle Jabril, like they they're the when they get to go, then they get to go. Just mm-hmm. be prepared, but don't forget about him. This ain't nothing to forget about. Okay. Because every day I'm thinking like it could be one of us. Mm-hmm. It could be me. You know what I'm saying? It could be somebody else I love. Like this, like it's it's like It's hurt. Like, it really hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it hurt. Mm-hmm. This, man, this has been a tough year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been buried, like, we've been burying people, like, prizes from the community. Like, Auntie Joanne, my father-in-law. You know what I'm saying? My wife, her father passed back in the day after it. You know, um, brother from Mastia Noor, um, like big people like in the communities, like respect the people they pass. And then with Doula, you know, we kind of got, we got, they was older and stuff like that. <clears throat> but with Doula, Doula was so loved, you know what I'm saying? And Doula was like, you, you know, 
you can't replace that. You know mm. what I'm saying? Dula was our big brother, you know? And um, kind of like the things that I was talking about with the kids, mm-hmm. Dula was like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was a no-nonsense cat, you know? But at the same time, man, he want the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. He sit back, you know? And I tell the story, you know, like when um, he was going through stuff, but he like he was like... um. And I was going through some shit and all shit. I was like, man, niggas, man, forget these dogs. Like, man, I don't want to do all this stuff, man. I'm about to go back to, you know, stop. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, right across the street, he was like, ah, man, keep doing it, bro. He said, keep doing it, ah. Man, he needs, he's all, see, he has so much conviction every time he talk. You know what I'm saying? He's a funny cat, but he said he also, when he's serious, we listen. Dula was a leader amongst leaders and he didn't even have, he never, never had a title. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He was our big homie. And so he was like, we need you, Op. He said, man, who going to tell our story, Op? I was mm. like, damn. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, sometimes that may put in perspective, like, man, maybe I am, my influence is much more deeper than I think it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got to respect that. Even like, when, like different people come, like, man, I got to respect my influence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I'm just be like, I just be talking shit. I just be a regular cat. But Dula, man, Dula see stuff in people. And Dula love, man. Dula love, like, it hurt. I, I can't even front. I've been f- super, super messed up for the last week. Like, mm. paranoid. You know what I'm mm. saying? Because um, I'm the one, like, started the online stuff. Right. You know? And I don't think I got to really be paranoid. I mean, something will happen, something will happen. You know what I'm saying? But I know what you mean. Because, you know, it's... Yeah. They watching, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, how many a lot of people, people are supporting them, Muslims supporting them. We raised almost $30,000 for his family. Wow, that's nice. Funeral expenses mm-hmm. have been taken care of from that funding, um, which is a lunch good, which is a Muslim, um, Muslim-based, like, fund, uh, crowdfunding. Okay. Um, www.lunchgood.com slash doula. Donate $1 to $1,000. All dollars matter. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So don't don't act like you. And he has now orphan. Orphan children. Yeah, and and, and a widow. He got a widow. You know what I'm saying? He got his widow. Mm-hmm. And then he have the, the children and their the, uh, from the previous marriage, and, the, and you know, what I'm saying the mother and his wife is alone, pretty much alone she here because she's from she's another an country. Yeah, she's an immigrant. Yeah. So, you know, um, we got to we owe somebody like Dula. You know, sometimes we stuff happen and we were like, you can just get over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this ain't this ain't one of them times. You know, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's shit. It's been rough, man. I I I be lying, like this laughing and shit. I've been on like we've been up here kicking it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this week, these last couple like a day or two, I've been kind of chilling. But shit, it's been man, it's been it's been sad. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like really sad. Not sad to a point where we sad for him. He's a martyr. He's a shaheed. You got a front line ticket to the meeting guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A front line ticket to heaven. His face was beautiful. You know what I'm saying? When he was at peace. 
but at the same time, man, it seemed like we it just opened up a, a, a it opened up a, a something that we we already knew weren't close. Mm. It's kind of like you know, so yeah, man, it's a heavy heart, heavy time, man, and 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 you know, keep him keep his name alive, man. Mm-hmm. Talk, you know what I'm saying? Um, and the man answers. Like, go, y'all listening? Call Detroit police. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't let him. Don't don't let that cat who said this. And you know what I'm saying? Talking about what he's read up in the articles. Let's say that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then see and, and point out the clown. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Point out the clown. It's very. It's very like like you can't deny who the clown is in this whole situation. Right. You know. And um, yeah, man, pray for Dula. You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and donate if you can. Hashtag uh, justice for Dula beer. Justice for Dula. Justice for Dula beer. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag you know uh, uh, tweet it. Make it go viral. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And understand that with this fight, man, brother, brothers, the Sunni brothers, because I know a lot of people be like, man, what the Sunnis at? I'm not a Sunni. I'm just a Muslim. But <laughs> the one, you know what I'm saying? The one that y'all think is Sunni or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I know how we hear what y'all be saying. You know what I'm saying? Where they at? They ain't never got nothing. They ain't never doing nothing for the community. Dawood is front line all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Like, we, we got to do this together. We can't keep accepting it. Like, they going to do it. That, that's this they, this they shit now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This they thing. Having having raising boys is the scariest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm ter- like I tell them, I'm praying to girl. I'm going to so bad. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't have, <laughs> I say that them, they, they not messing with them, but they ain't knocking them off the way they locking, locking up the little brothers, man. You know what I'm saying? And I got teenagers. I keep thinking about Tamir Rice. And, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Trayvon. And it's terrifying. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even worried about this shit because they don't be in the streets like that. I'm worried about they out here playing, having fun. One of these them uh, um, cats, one of these cops come in and you know what I'm saying, having too much fun shooting. You know, this is like fucked yeah. up. It's just, it's a terrible feeling. It's like shit. I could imagine what my granddaddy was going through back in the fifties. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And forties. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's kind of resonating in me right now. Like, damn, what can we do? What can we do? Mm-hmm. And there's some stuff that we can do. And so, yeah, right. like you're, so there's a lot of stuff that we could do. There's a lot of um, orgs. There's an org that um, is actually in LA. Is it like a cop watch org? There's also another org that um, is here and it's the Coalition Against Police Brutality. Actually, our beloved brother, Ron that's Scott, no longer here, Ron man, Scott. That was a soldier. Well, his him. his wife, you know, R.I.P. But 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 his wife is alive and she's keeping you know the legacy going. So I think we could like reach out to to her. And also in real life, you know, a lot of people talk junk. But part of what the NAACP is supposed to be here for is doing to. the policy. So I think. Holding, you know, like the mm. NAACP to the fire to and be. being like, look, this is this is when we need you to be here and speak up. This is what, you know what I'm saying, the defense fund is for. This is what, you know what I'm saying, the organization was created to to do. Mm. So I think like holding a lot of these um, organizations and they things need to be that, held. Um, and I've only named a few, 
You know what I'm saying? BYP, Black Youth Project. It's some young folks out here. You know, they were on our show before, and we when they talked about doing the Black Mamas yeah. Bailout, mm-hmm. and um, when we, you know, talked about Free Sawatu, which is another campaign. Free my sister, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, stand your ground. Man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, there's things that we need to just be Sawatu. doing. We, we, we have things at our disposal, like even the Free Sawatu campaign that's currently going. You know what I'm saying? Like... Um, there's a lot of work around that, a lot of work around um, helping people we, understand. We can you know, work with this. We not. We, we gotta go, work. We gotta what we work got. together, and we, got we gotta to work be together. Sincere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We have to be sincere and understand. Like, man, this ain't. This ain't. My a lot of times, it's me. Well, a lot of activism going on today. Been here today, go tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, it's been a lot of fraudulent. I can see through it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of time, a lot of people, like, so dealing with, it's emotionally like we kind of messed up. But at the same time, we still need the help from the people. Yeah. And they need to understand, like, this was a good person. Like, this ain't no, it's a good person. It had nothing to do with nothing. You know what I'm saying? And and, and the way that, how it ended, it was just treacherous. You mm-hmm. know? So um, we need all that. We need every sincere and sometimes with sincerity is in there, it's not gonna the numbers ain't gonna sometimes the numbers don't be as pretty as when you're just going around, you know what I'm saying? Just well, there. I mean, in the land of, you know, action, many times it is just the mighty just few. The, yes, the mighty you few. Know what I'm and saying? we need and, that. Yeah. And we need that because we know the mighty few is the ones that's gonna be there when the smoke clear. Right. When the cameras go off. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a lot of stuff going on in the city that we need. We got to, we gotta find out what popping um Papa, um, don't be a, you know what I'm saying? Um, my, that's like my wife's best friend, pa- father. Mm-hmm. And we, you know what I'm saying? We're dealing with ice, doing ice and deportation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So why too? Like we, like, come on, man. Like we know we, and then with beard. Mm-hmm. These things are so much bigger than just randoms. You know what I'm saying? We Well, I'm gonna put that out there. You know what I'm saying? Like support the work of um Black Youth Project, BYP, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? Um call up NAACP and be like, look, this is we need you out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? Um, contact them folks with the, with the cop show. watch. Yeah, I'm looking oh, at their website saying. right now. Just to, uh, and haven't. then also, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, also too, um, you know, reaching out to the coalition, uh, coalition against police brutality because you know, um, Ron Scott had the relationships. Ron Scott did a lot of the work. His wife is picking it up. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she needs some support. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot to lose your husband and then trying to pick that huge thing up. So maybe reaching out to her and, and you know what I'm saying, and and being like, what's the type of support that you need? And maybe making those connections, you know what I'm saying, between... So, I mean, those are some places to start. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of... Like I said, there's a lot of people on the ground, like, doing a lot of work. How do we connect and, like, you know what I'm saying, amplify and make these things bigger. That's right. the way I kind of see it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know I'm what I'm with saying? You. you know what I'm saying? And I just believe that as we see it, like, this would this go back to the beauty of Malcolm. Malcolm was like, I'm a Muslim, first and foremost, but that don't hide the fact that I'm willing to, to you know what I'm saying, to do with my, or put, put aside my religious beliefs for the betterment of my people. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He didn't stop. Like, what the, was it Message to the Grassroots? It was one of them. I think it was Message to the Grassroots. And he was talking like, no matter what, you could be the Christianest Christian, that that cop still going to shoot you in your head. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, you, like, you like, can, our, like the brother 
Both of them shine. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. No matter. Like, your religion, and that's what we have to. We cannot let something that we something that's supposed to bring us closer divide us. And and that's the other thing too, like with the Botham Jean, you know, R.I.P. Um, it, the article I read today, that police officer was fired because of the pressure that the people put mm-hmm. onto the we chief. Need to, we, need to, we, need, we need to apply pressure. Which 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 sucks that it took two weeks, but I will say, you know, a couple of other things that came out of that in particular, they had a list of demands, and one of the list of demands, um, and this is coming from there, like, they have a community group that um, basically is like a watchdog, right, of mm-hmm. the police, and so they were like, look, in addition to, you know, having this person fired, you know, you need to um, take a look at not having that 72 hours mm-hmm. to, like, get a cop statement. So they're exactly. rolling that back. So now, um, you know, they're, they're, the, they were able to get that removed where it takes t- 72 hours. Because that's 72 hours you can be cooking up. From a late show story. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And then, so there's that. And then, you know, um, they they have some other, you know, demands that are there which um, haven't been met, but they're still working on. But I think that um, those were two um, pretty um, powerful milestones, mm-hmm. like to get the cop, you know what I'm saying, fired. And then to and then to get on, on top of that, get like a policy change. So I think like, you know what I'm saying, if we can um, come together and look at like, what are the policy changes that we that we need to see? You know what I'm saying? That are different. And, you know, looking at some real yeah. concrete, mm-hmm. like, demands. Like, why we can't find out, like, like let us see. Like, let us see what you saw. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Even even when you saw it, like, when you, what you saw, you said you didn't see it. You know? Mm. So, off top. You know what I'm saying? So, like, give give the people. Don't try to play us for no fool. Like, you, because of, because of that, like, people, like, really is hurt like but at the same time man a lot a lot got us you know yeah. a lot got us but the, we are not going to be sit and we're not know, victims we're not victims you know we what i'm saying we're powerful know. yeah you know we are yeah. we got to breathe life we got to continue to breathe life in people and, and, mm-hmm. and encourage ourselves to say no you know what i'm saying like no we 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 know we know what you doing, mm-hmm. but you ain't about We're to break us. We're not gonna stand for this. Nah, we you ain't about to yeah. break us. We gonna keep because we've been fighting you since the the first slave ship got here, mm-hmm. and you before then, and before then, <laughs> we've been fighting you for, for, for forever. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know what I'm saying like, and we we gotta like go back to our people. Like we gotta consistently remind ourselves like we are a resilient people. Yeah, we're not docile. You know what I'm saying? We're mm-hmm. not. We're not. We're not of a weak like. They don't. They they will tell you about Nat Turner. It was Nat Turner's all the, like you know he was he got the the writing, but it was rebel it was rebellions all the time. And we are rebellious people against oppression, yeah. and we should be proud of that. So right. anybody that's listening to that, you know what I'm saying? Like anybody that's going through that right now, black people, you are of greatness. You are a strength. It, it's it's gonna be some sambos out there. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be some sambo niggas out there. You know what I'm saying? And, and the, the, them niggas ain't a part of you. Mm. You know, they're a part of them. So, and just like with some of them, like it's some some of them that's with us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I'm talking to you, black person. You are strong. You beautiful. You, 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 you resilient. You are a lover. You are compassionate. And you will not fold. They've been trying to kill us forever. 
You know what I'm saying? At the same time, every time, every single time that something we, we find a way to make it and we here. We 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 doing what we can mm. in the belly of the beast. Mm. You know, and, and, and we're gonna keep on loving, we're gonna keep on fighting, and we're gonna keep on standing against this demon. Mm. You know, so we gotta find a way to to do it collectively. That's <laughs> you know a great way to end. <laughs> we Let's put a period a right there. Like, I don't even have nothing to add. Like, what about you? I'm good. This so is a pleasure. let's do this, though. Yes, thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing. And um, where can people, you know what I'm saying, connect to you? Because there's a lot of people who need some inspiration, especially young people, especially young black Muslims. You know what I'm saying? Like, where where can we, uh, where can we, like, where can people, like, you know, uh, connect with you if they want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, learn more. Um, I don't know about learning. My my pages be wild. Uh, <laughs> I be hip hop debates, uh, spirituality, love for the black woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's all on my page. You know what okay. I'm saying? So there's a lot of people into that. Yeah, you know, and you get I me mean, in love for the people in general. Mm-hmm. And the, and my efforts right now, I'm talking about my thing is breathing life into our mm. people. So I'm on a breathe life mission. And so anybody around me, they, we got to be about breathing life and, 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 and encouraging each other at our best self and reminding each other that when we come for greatness, we are mighty people. So you can reach me at uh, on Twitter, which I ain't really on that much, is uh, CIGM Big Fresh. That's my handle. Uh, on Instagram, Chocolate Fresh Wonder. Uh, <laughs> Love that name. <laughs> And on, um, find me on Facebook, um, uh, Jermaine, um, my, my government name, um, Jermaine Carey. <laughs> but it's, it's just my, I got my whole government name, but I don't want to put that out there like that. But you can reach me out. But um, you can find me, like, I'm on every single site, Snapchat, Chocolate Fresh Wonder. You know what I'm saying? You follow me. You come in with some foolishness, I'm going to delete you. Um. <laughs> uh, you know, but at the same time, man, you're going to enjoy yourself. My page is full of light, full of mm. laughter, full of um, community involvement, full of beautiful people, uh, full of shit talking, you know. And, um, you know, we're breathing life, and we just going to have, we having a good time. We're serious. It's a good balance on my page, so you you, you enjoy yourself. But if you come with that bullshit, I'm going to delete you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brittany, uh, what's your email? Brittany at DetroitIsDifferent.com. Okay, that's what's up. And Brittany is one of those millennials who doesn't do social media, so that's what's up. Well, I'm Piper Carter. <laughs> You've been listening to the Piper Carter podcast. Thank you for rolling with us. We had two great guests today, which was like super amazing. Um, you can find me at Piper at Piper Carter. I'm sorry, that's my personal. But he's a Piper. Uh, at DetroitIsDifferent.com and then my social media is Piper Carter so I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook and uh, Twitter you know what I'm saying like I'm on social media too much the best social media page in the world yeah I'm on they say they say I'm, on, I'm they say I'm on the too much too I'm like how you know 
You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I think you know what I'm saying. Like, oh, you know yeah, how I'm do going. you know what I'm going to do? Where were you? Yeah, you were like, in there too. How did you see that? How did you see that? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You just mad. You ain't got no, you ain't got no activity on your page. I'll be in the line. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't, I don't really post. I mean, I post my personal life, but I don't post my personal, personal well, life. The content yeah. is amazing. You know what I'm saying? I post, I post like about what's going on in the world. You know what I'm saying? Things I you care show about. love. I show First love. Of all, you ain't got to explain nobody. You can you can say you can unless you just show your open ass. <laughs> you, know, like, I, you should explain that. But it's like you ain't got to explain nobody nothing. Like these, you I, I can't stand these people like that, man. Like, well, I guess I'm saying it more about. like because people are always like um, so anti social media, and I'm like so pro social media. I'm pro social media. Yeah, man. but I but I'm social. I understand people and you're who. Social. Yeah, I understand yeah. people who don't. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it is a um, well a trap, but don't put your personal life on yeah. there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. When, I'll be back on there once I get some things going. But for me, for where I've been at for the last few years, I've been living a great life without it, and That's I and I love it. Like I still like I love social media. I yeah, I've been yeah. my page for a minute, thirty days, and I was like, I got some stuff done. Right, but I, at the same time, I I think I have become a social media personality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when right, I go out right, of town, right. and people mm-hmm. be like, "Ah, you be on right, Facebook? Right. Ah, you be on Facebook? I see <laughs> yeah. you, you hilarious!" <laughs> yeah, I be like, "Oh shit!" You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. and I find it's a great way to stay in touch with people, mm-hmm. especially when if you travel a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We travel, so yeah. people are like it, it's a good thing. But I understand what she's saying too because I got man. I yeah, got, don't get caught up. Yeah, and I got I got some stuff I got to do. I got to write a book. I got right. to work on starting my own podcast. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I got I got to make a million dollars before I'm forty. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. Right. But I probably gotta put a play Sorry, down. Yeah, it's waiting for you. You gotta put a play down. <laughs> it's waiting for gotta you. Gotta put a couple plays down. You know. So what I'm saying? that's what we're gonna send you some positive energy. Like Please all that do. stuff is is cooking. Cooking. I, I, I see it. I see it, and and we gonna we, we continue. We gonna continue to fight for justice. Definitely. And, and Vadula, Vadula's name, Imam Lukman's name, mm-hmm. and Imam Jamil's name, mm-hmm. and, and the name of Sawatu's uh, name, Sawatu, and mm-hmm. the name of these soldiers out here, just out here, just mm-hmm. on the front line. You know what I'm saying? And, and we gonna find a way. Everybody. One thing before we leave, we gotta let everybody know. Like, man, everybody fight different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't ever in your life think that you ain't doing enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. If you, that's important. If you are a giver, mm-hmm. give. Mm-hmm. If you a person that's with the shits, be that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you a person that, you know what I'm saying, that's good with the with the logistics, you know what I'm saying, logistical things and mm-hmm. organize and do that. Everybody is needed, especially if it's sincere and it's real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't do it for the accolades. Don't do it for, um, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. keep it there. You know what I'm saying? But okay. just do it. Do it like do what you do. And don't feel bad about it. Don't try to compete with nobody about nothing. And don't let nobody tell you shit. You know what I'm saying? Tell you that you ain't doing enough. You know? It, because there's always more to be done. But if they could tr- so busy criticizing you or you what you not doing, how they got that much time to do what they supposed to be doing? There you go. <laughs> well, there y'all go. All right. Well, y'all tune in next time. This has been wonderful. We had, um, you know, DJ Head. We had our man Big Fresh, a.k.a. Jermaine. And um, this has been the Piper Carter Podcast. And we'll see you next week. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. Hi, wrestling fans. As you can see with me now, the tag team champions of the world. Yeah.
championship belt up. Imagine that. Once we sit on the throne. Nah, you can't have it back. Let's take it back like Earl Flynn and Cabbage Patch. Big clip, hang out the stick. Let's have a ladder match. I'm in the Cadillac in my habitat. Rocking the mad hat as hat. Matter of fact, where's Valid at? Uh. He in his prime like Amazon. Posted at the Pantheon. Where they say that Val's a dime. Yeah. Or maybe Owen Hart. Blue blazer glows in dark. Noah's Ark. Hoes and bars flood the one. Just to sit up front. Cruising Rosa Parks. Don't let the righteous act make you think I won't slap you. Beat you with my iPhone and ask you how you like the map. Just for example, a can of ass whoopings without hands. You get this footwork, it ain't a dance move. Gorilla to track you when you like some bamboo. Ain't nobody blows, I just open tops like can food. And you should see the last two who came to check the crown. Yeah. Challenging the best around, we met and Nick. A Hall and Nash. You average bitch, you lost the man. Master with the Boston Crab. Had the bitch all on the man. Ass so thick it caused a crash. That's your chick, you awfully mad. It needs to chill though. Trust, you don't wanna see the Bullet Club pulling up when it's push and shove. You end up really looking tough, laying down while the winners are announced. Them young bucks, fly brash and arrogant on that cocky shit. When we hit them with the arrow flint, you know where we've been. Everywhere you wanna be, everywhere you wanna go, with everyone you wanna know. Them young bucks, fly brash and arrogant on that cocky shit. When we hit them with the arrow flint, you know where we've been. Everywhere you wanna be, everywhere you wanna go, with everyone you wanna know. Young Bucks did a show, 04, fit a fro, pissed when I'm spitting. They came to hear my flow like they came for the rapture. So Christian. I've got the aim of a bachelor. No missing. When I blow kisses to these hoes, wishing they could touch the title. Go sitting on my waist, all up in the face. There goes my bro vicious. On the top turnbuckle, ready to jump. Valid tag me in so I can stunt. You'll get snatched and grabbed, slam, put on your ass. Cause you tried to spaz, but ran right in the axe and smash. They don't want action. Trip, we get to flipping. It's the Matt and Nick Jackson the rapping. What's happening? Break your back and challenge whoever back them. Trying to scout someone for a bout. It's like we casting. Told the doctor if I send them five patients, will he throw a free casket? It's no shame in asking. It's Bob Bagley when we put him in the chicken wing. Fire spitting dragon. You can call me a Ricky Steen. Crush a human being with my hands like I do sticky green. I'm the Hulk Hogan, the slogan's holding a triple B. Even Mr. Clean ain't got shit on me. If I really want you silenced, I'ma turn your ass to Mr. Bean. Thug shit, bullet club shit, this is me. Little fingers to whoever wanted this to team them young bucks. Fly brash and arrogant on that cocky shit. When we hit them with the arrow flint, you know where we've been. Everywhere you wanna be, everywhere you wanna go. With everyone you wanna know, them young bucks. Fly brash and arrogant on that cocky shit. When we hit them with the arrow flint, you know where we've been. Everywhere you wanna be, everywhere you wanna go. With everyone you wanna know, them young bucks. A combination of super kicks earned the young bucks a huge victory.